0: Your short track racing connection. Broadcasting from the Fireside Beverage Studios, this is the Turn 4 Podcast. Look for us every Tuesday where all major podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at Turn 4 Podcast. And now, DJ and Zach, take it away.
1: We're here with the OG Craig Smith, the original Craig Smith. Craig, how are you? Good. Yourself? Good. The OG Craig Smith, as I live I, and breathe. I was going to say, we got to say the OG, because yeah, there for a couple not, of years, there was the other Craig you're Smith. You're not
2: the other Craig Smith.
1: You were the first. That's very uh, true.
2: got pretty confusing with two of us in the same <laughs> division at one point time.
1: <laughs> it was there for a little while.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. So, had it been what, 04, 03 you started racing? You've been around this game for a long time.
2: 2004 in go karts at Sugar Hill.
1: Yep. So you and Dad start in goat carts at Sugar Hill. How long did you actually race carts for? Through
2: through two thousand
1: seven. So three years. Yep. A lot of wins.
2: Um the first year, yes. <laughs> I was in kind of the, in the rookie rookie year division, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ended up winning the championship and that had ten wins and the next year once they started putting me up with the big dogs, I only got a win or two each year and
1: But learned. Yeah. So two thousand seven end of 2007 what do you jump up to
2: do you sportsman here at the track
1: didn't know that so were you at so chris joey you were in there with all those guys
2: i came in at the tail end the they, tail end they okay. did a lot of that in like oh six oh seven ish and i came into the picture in oh eight oh eight yeah. i bought uh, actually eddie brio the third's dodge neon
1: yes the,
2: the little orange car yes that andrew Martel eventually got from me lineage yeah
3: Goes back to the lineage. Yeah. Neon too. I neons were a wave for a while. Neons yeah, neons
2: were a wave for
3: a while. Those things had some serious get up. So for anybody that doesn't know, your dad used to race.
1: Yep. How long did your dad race for?
2: Um, a while, nine right? Nine to like ninety three, and took a break when us kids were born. Went back in like 02 to 03 and then got back out of it again when, when I started before.
1: So dad knew his way around this place and race cars. Fairly decent is a fair statement. Yes. Yeah. Fair. Fairly decent.
2: we got to understand racing has been in the family. My cousin is Aaron Fellows and my uncle is Alan Fellows. So the, the racing kind of runs in the family. Forever. Yeah.
1: So I got one question that I've never got to actually ask you. So your dad was a football coach, correct? Yes. Did you play football for him? No. No. You raced instead?
2: I never had any interest in football other than playing it in the backyard, watching it on TV.
3: Really? It's a shame. It's a great game. I'm just <laughs> I was going to say. It's a great game. Where did he coach? Newport. Uh, Newport.
2: Really? Yeah. How long? Assistant coach for like 26 years. Yeah, he was Man. over there forever. There's nice. actually has a flag football award that's named after him that I've been going down to present since he's passed away.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was going to say your dad was involved forever and again i i knew your dad from the racetrack so i knew of him and obviously you once you got around to it and whatnot um
2: he was a fixture around here yeah i was gonna say you y- you couldn't talk to anyone who didn't know him. i was
1: gonna say There's you not a bad
2: word to say either
1: no i honestly now that you say that i don't think i've ever heard any uh, did your dad get riled up
2: i can name a couple of <laughs> times <laughs> Who's dad can't, though? You know?
1: But again, your dad was always just, it always seemed like, yeah, he'd have a frustrating night, but I never really, I don't think, recall your dad ever screaming, yelling, throwing. I'm sure he did. Probably more at home than here at the racetrack. I wish everybody could see the look on face. Um,
2: <laughs> If he was upset, let's say there were some nights at the track that I saw wrenches go flying. and you know, nice. We didn't have a good finish. All he, right. it, it was just competitive yeah. nature.
1: Yeah, which is fine so you were on that neon how did you do your first couple years going from a cart to that neon
2: um it took me a little while to get adjusted to it i ended up i got a couple podiums Ended up getting a win late in the year and then the division really died off into oh nine we had like five cars or something on a weekly basis and um got to the point that in the middle of june that I was winning so much that Dennis came over to me in the middle of June. He says, here, this is a deal. He says, you put something under your pedal, your gas pedal, or you move up to a different division. So in the other bay in my garage was the Super Street, or the late model sportsman, as they call it now. So I decided I didn't want anything to do with that division anymore and moved up to the Super Streets at 15 years old.
3: I, I, just, I feel a certain way about that. Just forcing forcing somebody so, in, that is wild. And I again, wasn't
2: necessarily forced. It was just my own choice because I either had to go half throttle or I could just move over to the V eight that was in the other bay.
1: I get it. Or again, did he give you the option to run that car with all the adults?
2: Um, no. No? I don't believe that option okay. was given to me. I
1: was going to say, because that, that's the only thing I could see, is if he's mopping everybody up in the kids' division, say, okay, listen, you're going to go up to what was the Wildcats back then. You're going to bump up to the Wildcats. You're going to get a little bit more and go race with those guys and see what you can do.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But to be like, you either run, have to run half throttle or move up a division, it's like kind of stupid. Yeah,
1: because but... let's say you didn't have that V8 sitting next door.
3: Yeah. What What do you do then? Run half throttle? That's dumb. That's stupid. That's boring for yeah, you. It's boring.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I was already had over a straightaway lead a lot of the races, and it was only because I was competing against rookies and that U sportsmen, and I was in yeah. my second year.
1: Yeah, and it's not like you were the one that chose that. No. You didn't choose for the division to die. Yeah, so that's a little frustrating. I could definitely see the <clears throat> yeah. frustration. But, anyways, it all worked out for yeah, me. Yeah, so you move up. So you literally move up halfway through the year?
2: So it went from a Friday night... Here with the U Sportsmen, they're coming a Wednesday night with the Super Street and running the following week with the Jesus Super Street. Jesus Christ! Um, Damn. I didn't go a lap down my first week out there and the race went green to checkered. That's and huge. Ran. And I remember I had a couple people come up to me and they said, Hey, you're, you're going to be all right. That's you're, you're huge. You're going to make it. Like, you just showed a lot of potential out there. You didn't stay with the lead pack, but you didn't go a lap down either.
1: Rattle off some guys that you were probably racing against in 09.
2: Uh,. Joel Lanou, Scott McMichael, um, Chris Wilk, um, Alan Fellows, uh, a lot of top runners back then.
1: So it wasn't slouches. Yeah. And didn't go a lap down. So you went from a cart for three years to a four-cylinder for a year and a half straight to a full-blown rear-wheel drive race car and didn't go a lap down your first night. Not a lot of guys can say that. No. Jesus, dude. I didn't know that story. I thought you started your super street career like everybody else does in like March, April and just started and kind of came into it. Not that like literally midway through the year, your hand is forced of. I got thrown to
2: the wolves and had to figure out how to. Yeah,
1: I'd say you got thrown to the wolves. So was that first chassis you ran, was that the old bone? Yes. That's the old bone.
2: That car has been around the family. So my uncle Alan built it and. 1991 it stayed through there Aaron won a championship with Canaan with it in 5 and then it ended up in my possession as my first car and we ran it through competitively through like 2017 and then it really started getting outdated for the division
3: that's impressive
1: I say do you know that piece of information uh, no, yeah. no
3: no I I know very little about your I know you're the OG Craig Smith Yeah outside of that i don't know much so um this is all new. hey Amazing.
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick on you again here if you had gone to the world series when you know tyler and i did um, you would have known because we hung out with these guys all weekend long <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there that you know
2: there was a little drinking that went on that week there was a
1: ton of drinking that week that was brutal that was the night that tyler and i actually i think you were part of that we all saw the sun come up on sunday morning I
2: remember 400 jello shots disappeared oh that God. weekend. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of alcohol drinking that weekend. That's a lot of jello shots. There was a lot of people, though.
2: It was a good time. I, I was going
1: to say, everybody kind of congregated around our couple of campers there. There was a lot mm-hmm. of people. We had Luke, Todd. We had all kinds time. of people.
3: I'd love to drink with Luke.
1: Todd actually, so Todd, his brother-in-law, Todd Davis, actually came up and over the fence and Armco Barrier of the road course to come into our campsite. <laughs> had to be hoisted up and over. Nice. <laughs> it was my type of guy it was kind of it was wild we'll call it 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 was wild that's funny so you get into the bone the old bone you race did you just race claremont that first couple months there just stick to strictly claremont just to get used to the car and you get used to the division
2: i ran claremont um the rest of 2009 2010 and at the end of the year we went to canaan for a one-off show and that was about it yeah Ended up going to Canaan full time in 2011. I was going
1: to say, I knew there were, one year or two years. Did you? Comp- went
2: up there one year to see if the grass was greener on the other side. It's not. It wasn't. Yeah,
1: it's the same. <laughs> it's the same politics, just different faces, isn't it? Mm, pretty much. And so now here we are 10 years later. Still the same way, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Does not matter which yes. track in New England you go to, yeah. there is politics everywhere you go. Yeah. You were fairly competitive at Canaan, though, weren't you?
2: I came to the lot, going into the last night. I was four points out of the lead with a battle with Rich Debeau. Um We came up just short. I uh, had a really rough deal with, with, a, with the promoter up there and a really rough call on the last night that I ended up getting black flagged to the point that fans were throwing stuff on the front stretch on the in the grand from the grandstands. The call was so bad. We've got
1: our own Jeff Gordon here getting, getting beer cans thrown at him on the front stretch to
2: Talladega. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Did so? Did you pick up a couple wins up there? Then
2: I did pick up two wins yep. before the end of the year. Yeah. Um. So I ended up falling to fourth in points after the after DQ, the DQ. On the last night. Yep. Jesus.
1: So that tells you how close that, how there I guess you were. That if you got DQ'd on the last night, because I'm assuming again we're talking 50 points for a win still, right? Mm-hmm. Just like we do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So you're four points out, get DQ'd, so you potentially lose 50 points. We'll call it, and you finish fourth in the points.
3: Yep. What was the DQ for? Can we talk
1: all about
2: right. it now? Um, so That's, yeah, uh, your, be, uh, your
1: race promoter isn't.
2: Nope, it was Dick time. Yeah, the I was going to say Dick so at he's the long time. Gone. Yeah. Perfect.
3: Let's talk about it.
2: So I was making a pass on Trevor Perl coming up through the pack. And um, I passed him clean, and you can ask him this day. And he says the same thing. He got up high, spun all by himself, and I ended up going to the back when I didn't touch him, period. And so anyways, I'm coming back up through and they had made the call because they wanted to make sure that Rich DeVoe could win the championship. Plain and simple. And because now all of a sudden that put me about back I don't know, we maybe had nine cars or whatever, put me back about ninth, and he was like third, where at the time it was we were gonna be tight right, right the there and fourth. So anyways, he puts me to the rear. I come back up through, I'm going for third on the last lap. And it was with Todd Bragg, and I drove right in the back of him, going into three, and spun him right out. It weren't even on purpose. I just saw a little, saw an inch, and I tried to make the whole car fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a racer. Yeah, that's a racer. <laughs> yeah, that's, man. And that's they, a racer. so again, they figure probably because you got put to the rear, you're just pissed, so you're proving a point. So he DQs you at the end of the night. And...
2: Yeah. Well, if you ask any of my crew, they'll refer to it as the Chocolate Moose Night because up in the grandstands, they ended up getting hot chocolate thrown all over them for from that crew onto my crew jesus oh, that's awesome mm-hmm.
3: that's a great story that's at, a good story dude. At, chocolate fudge getting thrown at you that's hilarious is that not funny <laughs> no i that's listen
2: funny, right it, it wasn't funny at the time i was gonna say probably oh, the, yeah, mean, that was, <laughs> it's a good story <laughs> yeah. to talk about 10 years later yeah
1: that night probably even that you know month probably right. not so funny yeah Probably about December, January, when everything really settles down and you're looking at the following year. Probably hilarious.
3: Was there a heated discussion between you and the race director after that?
2: Um, No, we were told to pack up and leave. So didn't even get a chance to discuss. Nothing was just told to get out of there. It was That's how unfair the call was made to be.
3: Do you think that that's the right... Do you think that So ask him. I he's call? he's been a race so director. I'm, I'm, saying. Saying. I'm
2: still a race director at Hudson, and right. I'm very approachable. I go down after the races each night. I make sure everyone's who wants to talk we talk before I leave. You're welcome to message me on Facebook. I'll give you out my phone number. You can call me anytime. Like I'm more than open. And unfortunately, some of the other race directors aren't that way. Okay. Well, I mean, when you're making a call to DQ somebody or whatever, not, and on, I mean, they're going to want an explanation. They've For got sure. hours and. Money in their car and everything else.
3: Right. Have you had to DQ somebody before? Oh, yes. And I assume that those conversations don't go... They're not... Uh,
2: T- to be perfectly honest with you, I've been a race director here at Claremont and at Hudson, and right. the people at Hudson are like a much better. They're more calm. They're, they're a much different crowd of people. Where is if here at Claremont, I had like five people every single night that wanted to talk. Whereas really? at Hudson, I can tell you that I've had... In two years' time down there, I've had maybe five people that would like to talk over the two years' time.
3: You make it sound like Hudson's like the Wild West. It is, and people are more calm down in Hudson than they are.
2: Up there. there are there are a different group of people down there. They're not as high strong.
3: It's a different breed. Interesting. I would have thought it had been the other way around. To be fair, but I I would
2: go into I
3: wouldn't because again. <laughs>
2: Hey, you went to Thunder Road, so it's a start. I did. I <laughs> it's, a, it's a start. <laughs> it was
1: we're, awesome. I was going to say, Labor Day, we're going to try to drag him down there for yeah. the Enduro Day because yeah, yeah. we're going to run. So It's going to be good. But uh, you got to understand, so again, so my first ever interaction with Hudson is prior to Ben owning it. Oh, right. Okay. Right, 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 So I went down there, we had a guy that day that blew two trailer tires on the way to the racetrack in a four-cylinder. Had a four-cylinder on an open trailer, blew two out of the four tires on the way. Didn't have any spares, which is whatever. I mean, not everybody keeps trailer spares, which is fine. So he set it up that on one side it was the front tire, and then the other side it was the rear tire. He moved the race car a little bit, so that way those two tires could teeter off of each other and drove the rest of the way to the racetrack. He made it. He was there. It's called ingenuity. Yeah, he took both the flats off, so that way they didn't ruin the rims or ruin whatever else, and he made it to the racetrack. He proceeded to back that car off of the trailer, and go out and blow the motor up on the first lap of practice. Mm. At that point as a racer, that's not your night. Load it up. Yeah, pack it up. Go home. <laughs> it's just not your night. Instead, he talked to whoever the race director was at the time. He was in a points battle in the four-cylinder division. His girlfriend drove a four-cylinder Ford Focus. Oh, yeah. So they oh, said, all right, yeah, you could take the green in that car, but that's it. So they duct taped numbers on, and that kid ran all of the laps and finished fifth in a street car. Wildlife. It's yeah. It's just a different. It's just a different breed. Would you allow that? At the race it, it would not
2: go over. <laughs> it <would> not go over just here right now. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't now. But again, same thing. So Ben will tell you. So they do flagpole races down there. They do spectator races down there. That night they had a spectator race. There was a guy in a Dodge twenty five hundred with twenty day tags on it that went out and raced in the spectator race and bounced the truck off the front stretch wall with twenty day tags on the truck. Dude, people are
2: wild. So people most of the wild. officials down there have been there for 20-plus years. I'm one of the new guys down yeah. there, per se. And they're not used to the whole race director. They never had a race director yeah. before NHSTRA. So a lot of the times I'll ask them stuff. I'm like, okay, are we doing a rolling start on the Enduro? How do you guys do the Enduro? You know, like just stuff like that down there that I'm not used to because it's Hudson stuff that wouldn't go over anywhere else. So that's a good question. Do we do we do rolling starts or restart from a standstill? Uh, it's rolling starts down there with the Enduro Series. <laughs> Yikes, dude. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So what you're right. saying
1: is I need to draw a good chip then.
3: Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah, we're going to be... Well, and actually, since I'm race director, you're already starting some <laughs> class. Oh,
3: Jesus. That's
2: awesome.
1: Oh, man. I already DQ'd be before we even roll in the door. You just, you
3: just put them right smack in the middle of everything. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I
1: will let you know I bought a race receiver today, so <laughs> I over here, so... Probably a good move. Yeah, so... All right. So, we'll go back to, so you get DQ'd the final night of Canaan. You come back at that point, and that's, was that your decision, that final night of getting DQ'd off of a bullshit call to come back to Claremont? Pretty much. Yeah.
2: I mean, just to be frank, that was the deciding factor, I mean... Kind of miss being so close to home, too, in the 45-minute-to-an-hour haul up to Canaan as well. And
1: yeah, because Newport, right? Yep. You're out of Newport, so it's about 15-ish it's, minutes it's here. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Versus 45 up to Canaan.
3: Mm-hmm. I loved Canaan.
2: I, I miss it. Yeah. I mean... I miss the, it a lot. There was a whole lot of drama, it seemed like, up there. Yeah, going. there was. It was Awesome. The year that I ran, they had to have four cops up there by the end. They went up on our pit pass price like five bucks by the end of the year because they had to have four (laughs) four cops in the pit area. That's
3: awesome. I remember vividly, like, the second race my younger brother ever ran up at Canaan, there was a melee in the pits. I, I couldn't tell you what it was over. I'm assuming it's two drivers. But that was my first real taste at, like, race action, and I was, like, hooked. I was hooked after that day. I was like, "Dude, this place is awesome." That's why I, I like being in the action. That's why I go on the pitch. Weird. Like, yeah, I, Weird. You know? My so, Fitbit say, says every time somebody gets into a squabble, it's like it's time to get up and move and let's go see what's going on. So and let's
1: do. let's break this down. So again, so you ran carts at Sugar Hill. You've run here in a late model, Sportsman, Canaan. You've run Manadoc,
2: mm-hmm. Hudson. Yep.
1: Lee. Have you run White Mountains? No. Star?
2: Uh practice one time, but that's it. Practice,
1: practice one time and then what am I forgetting in New Hampshire anything? No, it's I a, haven't I run so. 51 Speedway
2: fifty uh, one. Speedway
1: fifty one, that's Riverside. Riverside Adventure Park. Nope, haven't run there. Went by there on Sunday. Did you stop? No. Oh, no, I did not. Bad. We were coming home from Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Thunder Road? I don't, I don't want to stop Just been to watch and never been.
2: I've been to most places to watch. I was going to say, a I, lot of not a, I've always run the Super Street late model division, and it's very kinda, limited. Yeah. I mean, it's not an act late model, so you can't run it in a lot of that stuff. And it's kind of made it so I can only run a handful of places. Yeah, your hands
3: are kind of tied. What about dirt? Any experience on dirt?
2: Never tried it. Nothing. Never really had much of an interest. I've been to the dirt races like three times and could really care less if I ever went again. Really? Just not much of a dirt racing fan. Oh, I love them. I've been to oh, Devil's oh, Bowl gosh. once to watch on the dirt. I've been to, I went to Bear Ridge once, and I went to the Cane and Dirt once. I haven't been to Legion, but I've tried. I went and at least watched every place once.
3: Huh. Although I will say, however, dirt cars should stay on dirt, and asphalt cars should stay on asphalt. I'm not a. I, I, I was not. A, You're not
1: sold I, by I was the not dirt sold mods, huh? Eh?
3: Dirt mods on asphalt. I, I just wasn't. Did they look weird? And it's I don't know. I just wasn't. I but
1: think I think those races are a lot different if,
2: like, if 20 cars show they, up. Yeah, I was going to say, if there was more cars, it would be better. It's like maybe. it's like it was, any other division, really. I'm
3: skeptical, but maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, nah, it's not fair to compare them to Isma. Isma, I was going to say, Isma only had 14, and that was great, but that's Isma.
1: Though. I was going to say, you also got to remember with Isma, that's 950 horsepower on methanol. That's a <laughs> big, big difference. You it probably could have awesome. made eight of those look good on the racetrack. That was
3: awesome. That was the it was Probably wild. The coolest thing I've seen all year. Wild, absolutely yeah. wild. Ben Pullman walked up to me. And he said, "I broke my cardinal rule just for Ismas," and I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "I never go to a racetrack without a car." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But he said it was worth it. But a- anywho, Ismas was sick. Um, so nothing on dirt, which is heartbreaking. What's your favorite track to run on then? Yeah. Um. You don't
1: have to say Claremont just because we're here. Yeah. Don't.
2: No, <laughs> You know, I probably like Manadnock the most. It's it's just Atta something boy. about it down there. The
3: dog, really? You liked it?
2: It's just rough. It's aggressive. It's just there's something about that place.
3: People say it's real racy. Racy this is yes. what everybody. Real <laughs> racy.
2: off the gas and you're right back on it again.
3: Uh, is that what racy means? Because no, no one's ever been able to explain. Because everybody has their own racy. version of racy. <laughs> They're like it's real racy.
1: It's if like, you can oh, pass yeah, a lot, okay. is that racy? Or if you can, you know, Everyone run out and hide? <laughs> so you like banked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I banked on the throttle a lot,
2: but it's always hard because I grew up here at the track, you know, yeah. at Claremont. I mean, grandstands all the way through up as a kid.
3: Yeah, I gotta say, Manadnock's up there. I love Claremont. Obviously, but when that knocks up there, dude, the dog, I feel like there's just so much history at the dog.
1: It's hard to say because like if you're really going to, if you're going to sit here,
3: Uh how do I say this Uh politically correct? I guess
1: if you're talking about just the allure of New England racetracks, you, you kind of have to go Thunder Road just from the Ken Squires, Dave Moody. And what they had up there, you can't really leave out Oxford with the 250, which is one of the biggest super late model races in New England or even the East Coast for the year. You know, and I I give, again, I'll throw Parksy some credit for trying to do a 10 grand to win to try to get some cars and have an Oxford 250 style race here. But it's not going to be done overnight. No, it's. I mean, how long has the 250 been going on? 50 some odd years? I think this is the 48th running of the 250. Which by the time this airs will have been last weekend. (laughs) Yeah. But Claremont's, the problem with Claremont is it's oddly shaped. You you drive turns one and two way differently than you drive turns three and four.
2: I've been told if you can master Claremont here, then you can master any place. But when I, because I started out here, I don't think it's hard, but others have told me that it's one of the worst tracks to pick up as far as driving style.
1: Really? Because turn one, and Craig can correct me if I'm wrong, turn one invites you to go so low in the corner to dive bomb underneath somebody, but you lose everything on exit if you do so. You just, there's an invitation to try to dive bomb underneath somebody. And I guess no better person than the lawnmower himself, Craig Smith, to come in here and talk about this with.
3: So rude. So rude.
1: (laughs) There was a a while there. He was getting the discussion almost what probably every other week. Get off. I still
2: still get it. Now I just play right into it. That's hilarious.
1: You had a rough time there. One one year, I think it really was, is that you had the rough time of.
2: So when I went from the bone, the old car, the metric car, which was a 1990s car chassis, or I went to my new Davis Chassis Works car. Well. Going 20 years newer in technology, the car turned extremely well. So for (laughs) half the season, I was in the grass because I come right through the corner and I put the left front right in the grass because it just turned a lot easier than what I've been driving for almost 10 years. When you get used to driving something for 10 years, you change street vehicles. You drive the same one for 10 years and then you get into a new car and you'll see that you do stuff. Hit
1: hit the brakes and you bounce your head off the windshield. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: True. True, true, true. So, Mike, do you still have the bone?
1: Nope, I sold it You did year. sell it. I knew it was up for sale. Who's got
3: it?
2: Some guy, I don't even remember his name now, and he hasn't run it. I actually asked about it like a month ago to see if anything had been done with it, and it's still sitting there.
3: Hey, guy, if you got the bone. I say buy it back. Let the boy know. Yeah. We need it back.
2: It, it's, it's not legal for the street stocks right now. But it might be. But it's not. Uh, needs a few pieces in yeah. order to be done, but... And it's not a competitive late model sportsman no. either.
1: It's not being a metric chassis. It's not. No. All right. Why don't we take word from one of our sponsors to do it.
0: Apex Racing, located at 972 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire, is now open and ready to assist you. Keep them in mind when the time comes for all your parts and accessory needs for your upcoming race season. Need help setting up and maintaining your car? Their in-house staff will be there to help you out with those needs as well. Last but not least, they will have the NHSTRA modified rides available for rent on a weekly basis. Apex Apex Racing Racing will see you in Victory lane. Lane.
1: So your first full time season back at Claremont in the late model sports, And who are some of the guys you're running against that year? Two
2: thousand twelve. Yep. Um competitive well, we so we had Jeremy Zulu, Jimmy Zulu, Ben Poland, myself. I remember Joel Olmsted and Eddie Laquire. Um about all I can recall from yep. that year.
1: So once again, stout field of cars. Yep. So two thousand and twelve, so correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the year that Jimmy has the metric car with the Camaro, that red outlaw-looking nasty body on it? Yep, correct. Yeah. That's probably, besides, I know, you hate trucks. I get it. Uh, Yeah,
3: trucks are stupid.
1: Besides Jimmy's truck, that's got to be my second favorite car that Jimmy ever owned was that red Camaro car, Camaro body car. Yeah. So you're, so you and I are the same age, right? You're 30, 29, 30? 27. Jesus, you're two years younger than me, Craig? (laughs) Jesus Christ. So two 2000- thousand old yeah yeah I am so you're eighteen coming in to race against all those guys how does how does that go?
2: I was treated the same as if I was a 30 year old veteran yeah I mean I'm uh, I definitely learned a few things that year that's for sure I was gonna say um, we got a yeah.
1: tidbit before we came up here
2: well <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's true
2: Jimmy Zulo took me to school I, I was still kind of a rookie I guess and made a you know I was still kind of new in the late models have been two years anyways and uh five to go in a race and i was on the inside and we had the i was coming to the green i had the lead and he pinched me really hard and i didn't even didn't even realize it and and he ended up winning the race He got by me on the outside but he used that years and years of experience to school the newer guy i guess (laughs) never let it happen again though
1: did you end up podiuming him that night did you get a trophy
2: i got second you got second
1: So see, this we, is. We,
2: we also have another story that we often bring up. a right. good time for a story. Let her, let her rip. Um, so, anyways, this is middle of July, we're on a wacky Wednesday night show here, and uh, I'm running fourth. He's running second. Eddie LaQuire's third. I catch them too. They're running side. They're running. Jimmy's running very low, coming off the corners, and he's keeping Eddie behind him, literally blocking him. No, no, blocking. No ifs ands or and buts right about it. Just, him. Blocking, Just him. blocking him. He was giving him a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> Oh, shots <laughs> yes! fired. It, it, well, shots we'll get to fired. that one a little bit later, but Eddie and I never really saw eye to eye. <laughs> I like it. I like where this is going. So anyways, uh, we're coming to two to go, and I'm starting to overheat now. I'm pushing 240. I've been behind these guys and trying to find a way on the inside. And finally, said, All right, I'm going to the outside now. Here we go. Two to go. Got to find a way to get by. So we're coming to the white flag and coming into turn one. I'm on the outside of Eddie Laquire. And Jimmy steps on the brakes and lets me get ahead of Eddie. So I ended up getting third. And he's never, he's always reminded me of that one. He says, I I helped you a lot. He says that night. He says, I didn't want Eddie to finish there. He says, so I let you get up there. So I got by Eddie for third on the last lap on the outside because he stepped on the brakes. And again,
1: here we are nine years later. And I'm sure every now and again, Jimmy still brings it up.
2: Oh, yeah. That's funny.
3: That's hilarious. That's
1: perfect, though. Yeah. But again, Jimmy's got how many laps around this place? How many years he's been around this place? Probably the one guy that could probably get him. He was
2: running back in the 90s, and he took years off or a little while off, and I didn't really. I didn't. Doesn't doesn't show. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So he steps on the brakes mid-corner.
2: Yep he let me get by him on the outside i was gonna i was battling him i was you know i wasn't sure if i was gonna get him or not
1: but you were trying but
2: all of a sudden i gained a crap load off the corner (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right so what's your other story about eddie so blocking so you got a taste of his own medicine well
2: we'll get that It's in 14 Uh, okay so so we're still going 12 we gotta gotta go let's finish up 12 okay the end of 2012, it's uh, Jimmy, Jeremy, Ben, and I going into the last night, championship night. We're separated by four points, and I pretty much knew you had to win the race in order to win the championship. Like That's just how it went. So I'm leading. I'm leading. Jeremy Zulo gets by me with, like, I don't know, five or six to go. I ended up finishing second, so we were second, and I thought in the points. We end up going to Tech that night. Jeremy gets DQ'd. The I cheetah. I ended up winning the championship. Oh, yeah. The cheetah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because who was it that DQ'd him? Who DQ'd him? him?
2: Gary Baker.
1: Which is what to Jeremy? Uh,
2: brother-in-law? Uh, <laughs> uh, father-in-law? Yeah, father-in-law.
3: <laughs> His own father-in-law had to I DQ him. story. So you won? I won the so championship. You won the championship? championship? 12, yes, here. Sick. That's awesome. Is that the only championship? Is that the first one?
2: That's First. the only one that I've won here, yeah. and I won one in go-karts, and that's a, I don't really count that as much, but, you I would, know, this man. is a lot of stuff for competition. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would. He's got more go-kart wins than I'll ever yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So you win a championship via a DQ, which, again, it's still consistent it, it all year long. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, you had to put yourself there in order to win it.
1: Which, again, if you Absolutely. had to, if you had just flat out told me that you would won a championship in 2012, I would have never remembered that that was the year Jeremy got DQ'd for it. Never would have remembered.
3: I do remember the story, but I didn't That's know what awesome. year it was. You bring that up to Jeremy a lot? No, I've no. never really. <laughs> the co- the Concy winner himself. Yeah. <laughs> These two have really good nicknames for each other. Him yeah. and we'll Everybody leave them at that. Yeah. Not,
1: not good on-air yeah, nicknames. We can't,
2: <laughs> we yeah, can't, we can't really we can't go share. there on here. But they're pretty good.
1: So, 13, you went to Manadnock.
2: Yep, Claremont closed here. It sent a letter to everyone in February saying that they weren't going to run. At the time, they ended up doing the four outlaw shows that weren't announced till later. Ended up running down there, got a win on opening night, and pretty much struggled from there on out. And, and you still
1: love that place.
2: Yeah. I get it, dude. I, hey, listen.
1: You don't have to explain anything to me. It, you, sometimes just having fun, even if you're struggling a little, little bit, you can make it at least worthwhile, I guess, because if you're going down and having fun while you race but struggling, it's different than...
2: well. Because Canaan was still somewhat open at the time, we were pretty much treated as an outsider down there quite a bit.
3: Really? I mean,
2: now it's not that way, they're more open to Claremont people, you know, than wait you know the way I, it
3: used to
1: be, yeah.
2: Yeah. Like you just you were treated as an outsider down there and eventually my midway through the year it was better, but you know, just the way it is. Go ahead
1: and ask your question, how do they treat outsiders differently? You wanna know. Yeah,
2: I do. <laughs> See, I do, I, I really do. Turns out I know my co host pretty well. I, do. I wanna know. Uh, I just remember one or two particular incidents. One of them was when I was coming into the track one day, and um, and I went to get my pit pass, and we parked the truck on the side, and and one of the guys just said to me, he "says Oh, you're, you're from Claremont. You don't know how to park," and just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I'm like, doesn't doesn't. You're not welcoming people that way. Yeah,
1: that's not great. That's not used to great. be bad. If you would travel for like a weekly show and not just like a big race, it used to be pretty nasty of, like, you're an outsider, like...
2: Yeah, let's gang up on you and take you out, you know. You're doing too good.
1: Yeah, like, not to be... Oktoberfest, was that ever that way for the outsiders? I feel like Oktoberfest never was because it is always, like, the end of the year everybody comes down type of deal. So Oktoberfest was always, like, the outlier, but if Craig was to go down on, like, a Friday night down to Lee back then, it was probably you got treated like an outsider.
3: But how do you get... What constitutes an? Outsider? How many times you got to race down there to be not considered an outsider? You got
2: to be there weekly. Probably come a couple of weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden you start to. They figure out how
1: you drive, and then you get treated on how you drive instead of just being the fact that he's a Claremont regular or a Canaan
3: regular or whatever. All right, I guess I can see that. I guess that's... I'd
1: say it's still kind of, It's not really the same. Like I don't feel like people are assholes to other people, but you definitely can tell when somebody's there for the first time and the kind of respect they get versus if they show up three
2: or four weeks in a row and they'd start to drive around and then you kind of know in my opinion that hasn't happened since the whole nhs tra came into effect now it's you're not treated like an outsider anymore
3: i don't know man there's some guys that pull in here that are not that are not uh they're not i don't know if it's well liked nah i can't even say that people just like the the mood shifts when you see somebody come in that doesn't race there all the time. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple guys. Jimmy hey. Renfrew Jr. Yeah,
1: I,
2: mean, <laughs> I was, was going to throw it out there. It. Just call it but, right
3: now. Okay, all right. Screw it. When Jimmy comes up here from Lehman, everybody turns ahead head and they go, here comes Jimmy. Uh, you know, it's... But the difference, I think,
1: with a Renfrew is jimmy's got a lot of respect jimmy and jimmy's dad had a lot of respect because i'm gonna call it 90 percent because we all lose our heads as drivers and you do something dumb at least once a year everybody does it but jimmy for the most part treats everybody pretty fair and drives everybody fairly clean or he drives you the way you drive him which how do you yeah. fault the guy for that yeah. being a race director how do you fault a guy for that he gets roughed up in three and four, and then he pays back the favor. To and nobody goes around. You kind of just come over He's the race, the flag and, him, yeah, and just knock it off, boys. You're even. I let it go.
3: I and mean, some guys will let it go, and other guys don't let it go. That's got You got to be in a tough situation, man. With just like, cause n- not every call is black and white, right? Like there's. Extenuating circumstances to one of us And I know that racers are like Well this is the rule and we have to go off the rule But I also understand on the flip side It's like sometimes things just Sometimes things happen And they're not in the rule And you have to make a judgment call right Yeah
1: So let's let's throw it out there You're on the outside of Eddie Laguire Jimmy's in front of him yeah. Jimmy brake checks him And this time Eddie gets in the back of him and spins him Does Eddie go to the rear? Car A.B. Exactly. So the AB a rule, rule right. that puts him back there.
2: would have so, been great because it would have ended up... like well, <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's true. But, like, that's, that's the true. thing. So if there's no AB rule and you could see clear as day, Jimmy brake checks him. Do you just put Jimmy to the rear? Do you, like... There's black and white. But, yeah, it, it's just, again, there's, there's the black and white stuff that's on the racetrack of, like you just said, the AB rule makes it fairly... Simple. I I shouldn't say simple because I'm sure there's still times that you probably have to make a call where it's like, well, you know, he got loose, but you got into him, so you both have to go to the rear, which sucks. But it kind of generalizes the whole thing.
3: I would not want your
2: position a thousand percent. Do you enjoy it? Most weeks I actually do enjoy it. Yeah. it's Literally, it, uh, it doesn't bother me.
3: Really? And you're... That's wild to me because you said that you're like, you're welcome to reach out to me on Facebook. I'll give you my phone number. I would be the exact opposite. <laughs> I'd be like, as soon as I leave here, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you until the next time we race.
2: I'm just the opposite because I want to I see the track grow. I want to make the right calls. I don't want to be the, you know, I've seen a lot of calls in the past that have that have scared people away, and that's what kind of got me into you know, got me into when someone asked me if I wanted to try doing it, I'm like, Yeah, let's give it a try. I wanna build it. I wanna build the racetracks, not like make wrong calls and I don't, fa- I don't show I I don't show any favoritism out there. I don't if you're my best bud, don't matter. I
3: do you keep like when we had Joey on, he do said, you keep he, a log? He would keep a log of like the calls that he made?
2: I never did. No. I, I still don't. Yeah. Um most things I can recall right off the top of my head. I don't need a log, man. I got.
1: Oh, I would. I would need to go back and oh, watch a video. Oh, I, <laughs>
2: actually, I actually took over for Joey here. Yeah, right. right, right. Yeah, when Joey got done. You Joey stepped down. up. Joey. Joey actually had given me his notebook and said, "Here, you can take off from here." But I didn't use it. Oh, Okay. Do you still have
3: the notebook? Uh, yes. Oh, we should. We should get that in frame. It. <laughs> yeah. And hang it up in here
1: hang, somewhere. We're never mind hanging in here. We should put it in a frame one of these nights and when he comes to a race, just hang it up in his trailer, just yeah. see how long it takes him to notice.
2: <laughs> to, to he he actually it. hated the job. Absolutely. Yeah, he's up. he's
1: the first one to admit too that he just he couldn't stand it.
2: It's a lot of stress, man.
1: And the problem is is like you, me, Joey we've been around this so long, especially here, like Joey and Chris. Joey and Chris raced against each other. Joey and Chris have known each other. They hang out with each other, and there is—I'm not saying that Joey's this way, and I'm not saying Chris is this way, but there's some people that can't shut that off mm-hmm. and be like, okay, that's Joey the race director. That's not Joey the the guy that I had beers with last Saturday night. Like, and there's some guys that just can't. But
2: I can race here Friday, race race at Menadnock Saturday, and race direct Sunday. And I could literally have someone that I had an issue with Friday or Saturday, and I'm not going to make any difference. Yeah, it doesn't matter to you.
0: Yep,
1: doesn't matter to you because it's not at that point. It's not your axe to grind at that point.
2: Nope, you're yeah. you're if your car number six on the radio, you're not Ben Burn. You know, for example, yep. you're you're just that's who. You, Which is the way you have
3: to do it. Yeah, yep. racing needs guys like you. I feel like especially you have to make,
2: to make it legit. Nobody wants you know? to work at these race tracks. That's fair. You you need employees in order to make the shows go too. For sure,
3: for sure, man. Again, I don't envy you. My next job is going to be the pace, pace car driver.
2: That's what I want to do. I've already done that. It's a piece <laughs> of cake.
3: Oh, yeah. I want to, yeah pff, go ask
1: Jim Tarbell that, that night. What was it last summer? Last summer, me and my son, Ryan, are in the truck as Jim's going around the racetrack. So they give us the one to go. Jim reaches over, hits the switch for the lights, turns them off. Gets talking. We go down the back straightaway. He's still talking. Barrels it down into turn three and four. I'm like, hey, Jim, we were supposed to go off the racetrack. So he barrels it in the infield, and we ended up stuck in the infield for a few laps. Just no awareness of what was going on. I'm like, Jim, what are you doing, buddy? I, I do
2: recall that. Because <laughs> yeah. I was here listening to, I believe it was Parks on the radio. <laughs> he was,
1: yeah, he was hollering at him pretty oh, good. Yeah. You
2: know, yeah, That's funny.
1: But... Yeah, you're absolutely correct, though, because there's not a lot of guys that are just waiting to knock down the door to say, oh, I can't wait until Craig Smith gets done being the race director so I can step up and do it.
2: There's no one signed up for that. There's no one signed up to be a general manager. No. no. Not a lot of guys are even sitting in line waiting to buy a place either. There's no one that wants to run the pace truck. There's no one that wants to run the speedy dry truck. The list just goes on and on. Yeah. Hey, I have a blast it's with a actually microphone. something that I end up enjoying. I usually go up to Almond Adnock to work most Saturday nights, and I'm just wherever they need me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really? Just you, just,
3: you go up there, and they just stick you wherever, and you just work it?
2: I'm, you, I've am i been the fill-in person this whole year down there, just wherever they need me, whether or not it's working the top of the hill, the speedy dry truck, doing lineup, wherever I'm needed, I just go.
3: That's awesome. Again, racing needs guys like you, man. So i don't yeah. want your job
2: <laughs>
1: i don't know i won't lie i i love being the announcer It's it's been a real eye-opener i guess is the best way to put it it's not as easy as it looks like we've all watched nascar races we've all come sat here in the stands and guys made it seem pretty flawless and it's it's not i, I may or may not have gone back to speed 51 and watched the wild uh, the pure stock race so that way i could hear myself and see how stupid i sounded at a few points
2: yeah
3: sound cringy a little
1: bit did,
2: did you criticize yourself oh bad oh bad <laughs> I'm
3: like jesus you idiot oh god damn at the same time dude it's like i
1: hiccuped at one point it was pretty funny you
3: were nervous
1: no i just i had a hiccup like i, I think i took a swig of soda and i had like an air bubble and i hiccuped as i was that's announcing awesome. somebody's name it was jim rhodes i was like jim rhodes <laughs> <laughs> it was awful <laughs> it was absolutely terrible oh man that's hilarious so let's move up to 2014 20, right, 2013, you went down to
2: Minadnock. Yep, so we come back here. I uh, ended up buying that car off of uh, Jeremy Zulo, the one that he ended up getting DQ'd with here back in 2012. Did you get the carburetor too or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fair question. It was. It yeah, was a fair
1: question. Cool. So you get that car from
2: Jeremy. We thought it was newer and updated compared to the bone, but yep. I absolutely struggled. I could not. Whatever they did to make it work just did not work with my driving style. And about midway through the year, coming off turn three, Eddie Laquire got into my right front. That was the
1: video from a yes, few weeks ago. Yep, yes. Yep. And
2: I ended up hard in the turn three wall. Hard. Yep. Piled uh, it. Got a nice little ambulance ride out of that one. I bet you did. You piled it in there. Did you see the
3: video? I have not. Yeah. It's wild. I need to see it. Um, yeah. Any discussion with Mr. laguire after?
2: Uh, He just blamed it all on me, but I don't really see it as that way because he cut a right front midway down the str- back straightaway, and he decided to drive it all in, and he made sure that I went in the wall with him. Mm. I was going to say, because that was... That and was he's a, never raced a lap since then. So. Really? So that was it? That was it right there. Really? He got it worse than me. He was out of work for weeks. Really? He hit with a ton. You guys, you the, both the hit with a ton. around town, because we both live in the same town, was that was absolutely done on purpose. I. Why? <sighs> Racing, man. We had had issues for going on the last couple of years. um 2013 my brother and his father had an incident in the pit grandstands at manad and ended up getting the police involved and Ooh. and we just had issues for years it was mainly to do with his blocking <laughs> and <laughs> me getting in the back of him or something i didn't put up well with that one okay I, and nobody should and I, and he also would chop pretty badly if you weren't up yeah. to him he would come right across your nose if you were only at the bumper yeah. cover, he would come acro- right across.
3: Wait, so you have a video of this?
1: Of that was just the rack? rack. Or yep. is yeah. it the race? Yeah. No, the rack. Just the rack. rack. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And to be fair, I think so that was, yeah, 2014. So seven years later. And I think we had a pretty healthy discussion on it when you reposted the memory, too. It was like, it's yep. <laughs> quite a few comments on it that day, too.
2: So that car ended up not running for the rest of the year, I ended up going back to the bone, which was sitting outside at the time. Yeah. Um, come back the following week. I'm behind Jeff Morse. Two to go, the brake pedal goes to the floor with two to go, and I'm literally going inside of Jeff Morse when the brake pedal goes to the floor. Yeah, so, you ain't got any time not finishing that one. Jesus, so
1: you had some rough luck there for a few weeks.
2: Yep. So we ended up finishing out the year with the bone, and we returned back here in '15, running the bone full time. Yeah. Um, ended up picking up a couple wins. I don't really remember much else about the year, nothing too exciting, I guess. Yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen, yep. I ran here sixteen I had ended up buying the Chris Wilt car in the off season. The one okay. that we, so Leo Martin had won the championship with it. Yep. And it sat for a year. He only ran a couple races with it in fifteen. We bought it over the off season. Yep. Put an outlaw body on it and ended up running that in sixteen.
1: How'd that go? So I guess so. My question is to you: You've grown a few different types of body styles. What's your favorite? To I mean, as a driver, what's your favorite to drive? And then as a spectator, what are you? What's appealing to you? Like what looks good to I you? I
2: still like the ABC body yes. as far as appealing wise. Driver wise, it took me a while to get used to the outlaw because you've you've got that big nose in front of you. All I can see pretty much is no further than the air cleaner. Yep, and everything after that is you had to get. You, you're, it's all judgmental. Call. You got to figure it out. My first couple of races, I was shoved right up other people's rear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's got to be a good two and a half feet past the air cleaner.
2: Oh, yeah. Easily. It's, yeah. W- it's way longer than the ABC nose. So yeah. It's all judgmental.
3: I'm glad somebody else likes the ABC style bodies, though. Hold on, dude. It's no. not that people hate the ABC bodies. It's just we don't hate the Outlaw bodies as much as you hate the
1: Outlaw bodies.
2: Oh, the Outlaw bodies are so much cheaper to build, though. Oh, I'm
3: sure I get it. They're better to drive, they're cheaper to build. They're just. Ugh. It's like a truck. Stop it. It's like racing trucks. Ugh. I like the Outlaw bodies myself, but ugh, DJ doesn't like them. Ugh. I, uh, but I also don't hate the ABC bodies. I think Ricky Bly, the Mutt, that the go- mu- the, the little hybrid that he's got i so think that's pretty with, those, with
2: the outlaw bodies it's really hard with like the md3 style nose that i've got in order to get air to the front so I, I haven't talked to ricky i believe personally that's why he's doing it. he's got the abc nose on the front so he gets plenty of air to the motor and he's still got the outlaw back to it and it's a perfect combination it seems to work just fine for him. yeah they those dirt noses aren't made They're uh, not made for air. They're (laughs) not made to pick up air off the track. (laughs)
3: And they're not rugged, right? Those knots.
2: They're they're pretty rugged.
3: They're pretty rugged? Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're not terrible. Yeah. They're all pretty much rubber, isn't it?
2: Yeah, they're all rubber. Yeah. I mean, all the outlaw bodies are all different. I've seen them with some people put rubber fenders, some people got plastic. Yeah. Different lengths. You know, you you never know what you're going to (laughs) see.
1: That's the God's honest truth. You can go to 10 different race shops right now and you're going to have 10 different body styles. So you put the outlaw body on the old Wilkes car in 16. I think that's what we just 16. You picked up a couple wins that year, didn't you, with that car?
2: I actually never won with that car. You didn't win with that car? No, I ended up. We ended up with the Some point during that year. We ended up back in the bone again. The bone always seemed to be the backup car that (laughs) I always ended up getting back into. Old reliable.
1: It, It was there for the longest time. It was old reliable. Yeah. Like you said, until the last couple of years where the rule book really kind of just... That thing can't be... There's no yeah, way it it'll be competitive. Nothing. Yep. Uh, so ran the full season in 16. 17, did you get a different car again or did you come back with the Wilkes? 17, we
2: rolled back out with the Wilkes car. Yep. Um, that year was more difficult. Um, dad passed away on week two. And yep. that kind of just set the tone for the rest of the year. And Most of the don't know, my dad and I were really close. We were... You know, the, the father-son duo that, that most dream about, and we did racing together all the way up through. I mean, worked on the car every single night. Um, we raced here on Friday. or We went to whether it was Canaan or Menadnock or somewhere to watch on Saturdays. I mean, we were just, we were, dad was like my best friend. No other ways to put it. Yeah. I mean, um, so with his passing in 17, it, it kind of changed things a little bit.
1: Yeah, put a little bit of a damper on racing for you for a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, we actually ended up racing more, I think, because I was the crew guys were all about trying to keep my mind off of things. Yep. So we ended up running the Wilk car at Claremont here on Fridays, and ended up running the Bone on Saturdays at Monadnock. Ended up doing double duty for most of the summer, and we were running. We had long nights in the shop, but we were podium here on Fridays and then Saturdays there, and that was pretty cool, you know. Um, doing the Racing twice a week, though, is kind of a little on the difficult side as far as when you're working 50 plus hour weeks and then still trying to work on cars and then still trying to race twice a week. Yeah,
1: and be competitive and still keep your sanity. finally, finally by August,
2: that came to an end. I was going to say. Pretty well done with that one.
1: So you finish up 17, um,
2: 18. 18. So because 17, I lost a woke car here in a bad wreck in turn three that I ended up taking a nice hospital visit to uh valley regional over because um i ended up hitting the wall head on in turn three yeah and uh alex poison pushed me into the wall <laughs> um we were trying to avoid a big rock and he and he didn't see it so he pushed me from behind was that
1: three or one
2: uh it was over in turn one turn one yep
1: turn one that's the 949 video Well,
2: i was trying to figure out why the car didn't turn going into the corner because i'm like i'm hitting the brake but nothing's i'm just going straight like yeah i ended up seeing the video afterward
1: yeah that was the 949 video where kyle had the spotter audio going through the camera the, the
2: car was so bad i had to come back on the rollback in order to get it home there was no way to get into the trailer and i ended up getting a nice ambulance well they told me here that the golden the golden cross crew came up to me and they said if you continue to look the way that you look we're going to bring you straight to the hospital now so we suggest that you go so i did yeah well that happens yeah yeah that was a rough rack is so, that
3: the one where you're like back it down back it down back yeah. it down yeah, yeah and, he, and he didn't back it down
1: no that was the 949 one yeah so then were you done for the year at that point Or did you come back again?
2: I had to get um, medical clearance from the doctors per the track insurance because I got a pretty good concussion that week and ended up missing some time from work. And so once I got cleared on that week, I ended up coming back here with the bone once again to finish out the year. Um, We ran through with that. So in September of that same year, I decided to send Jeremy Davis a bunch of money and we had a brand new chassis built for 2018 so we had it rolled out in 2018 with a brand new late model sportsman.
1: yeah the davis that was the very and that was the year you wrecked our practice day didn't you oh yes got hit by ap yep. spun out and got hit by ap right yep uh, yeah. i um he, he looped you looped it coming off of four.
2: so this is an open story to talk about now it wasn't so let's fun talk about it um so I came here, time. brand new car, spent every penny that I had during the off season. I literally came here with about 75 bucks in my checking account. I'd spent everything Oof. I'd had to make it here with that brand new car. And so we had the normal new car blues, mechanical issues that day, and um I come off turn four and I was like, wow, this thing's just kind of free. We we spun a brake caliper the first round, got that fixed, went back out there. Well, the the master cylinders were mounted so close together that the caps ended up being one was picking up the other one so i had brake fluid going everywhere neither did i know i spun in my own fluid right but when i come off the corner it it spun and i was going to let it go towards the go-kart track which yep. is fine but it looped right back around on me and without me even doing anything and headed up towards the flag stand And next thing i know was ap clipped me
1: yeah it was quick because i can still re- i was here that day and i can still remember it was like shoot
2: bang i'm like
1: wow literally I first time it ever hits the racetrack first
2: I, day i was
1: I you were mad that day you were mad i'm that a man day. but
2: i'll be the first to admit that i cried that day i so bet i literally i had everything that i had gotten into that car yep. and i'm looking at it in the front clips twisted and i'm like here we go yep and jeremy davis ended up saving me on that one he he brought the car up there, straightened out the clip, did everything that week and never charged me a penny for it. He said, Here you go. It's like you had him, a man. lot of bad luck that week, you know. He sounds like a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's a good guy. I've I've never the, really talked you, to him. You but. always talk about the, the highs and low in racing, and that was the lowest I had probably ever felt before. Like yeah, on, I was rock bottom. I,
3: I feel the depression for you right now with that story, man. <laughs> that that's wild. So that's eighteen. That's the first year of
1: you guys did the dean smith race correct was 18
2: no we ended up doing one in 17 you did and at the end of it the year was a, no it was in um june 9th or something like that if yep. i recall dates correctly and um yep no uh we've had one every single year and it actually the first race didn't even start by me it was other people had really suggested it and put it together with the general manager and then they asked me if it was okay which yep. i thought that was super cool you know like they really wanted to put a race together for dad and every year i've done it since then it's just something special that i like to do i ask for no help from the family nobody else just my own little special thing
1: so 17 18 19 and 20 they're all held here
2: um yeah because period uh, 18 was the last year that i ran full time per se 19 i took a bunch of time off ended up being race director here yeah you um, ran
1: that night though you ran the night of your dad's race in 19 i correct? did
2: i blew the motor on the dad on the night of dad's race here and i hung it up for the year and i ended up borrowing a motor from jimmy zulo so i could make Oktoberfest at the end of the year that was it
1: yeah and then 20 you guys ran it here again last year
2: i did not know we didn't run
1: them last year did you run your dad's race yes, that's yes, what i'm yes, yeah yes but I, you didn't run in it last year i did run in it yes
2: okay i have no i've run in it i was gonna every say you've year. run in I it every year a bone last year correct you and were didn't, ask that yeah one. didn't run that car I ran a in bone it bone in 19 yeah
1: here yeah and then so you ran your new car the the davis chassis works car in the race here last year
2: yes um, or did yes, you have the yes, bone? Yes, yeah because yes, you had gotten
1: yes, rid of yep. the bone just before it or whatever
2: yeah Because i then, blew a motor in the garage like three days before dad's race who'd you borrow a motor from Uh, tyler lescord the first one and then we had some motor problems from there i came over wednesday night practice i had motor problems with that one ended up borrowing one from my cousin aaron fellows we pulled an all-nighter from thursday into through thursday night uh went to bed at like seven o'clock in the morning got up again at three and loaded and came here to the races for my dad's memorial well, you talk about dedication. Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's say, what it takes.
1: Not many guys would have done that.
2: No, yeah. most of us would have packed it in and said, yep. that's a, you know, we tried. We, you know, we did what we could, but, but not with Micro. They, They don't give up.
3: I like that.
1: And then this year was the first year you guys held it down. I mean, I earlier yep. this year. Um, Had a healthy car count that night, too. You had like 22, 23 cars, something like that
2: uh 23 i thought we were going to end up with more but uh a couple cars that had said they were coming didn't end up coming and it was still a good overall show once we got past the first couple of laps. yeah i was gonna
1: say once we got past lap three it was okay
2: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i got to watch a lot of that race how many,
3: <laughs> that's true <laughs> i love you ben poland um how but how many can you start down in manadnock it can't be much more than 24 right 26 maybe
2: Um, when we had 27 that I thought was coming, I was, I asked about that and was told that we were going to roll with 27, possibly starting. Start them all.
1: Right. But I think according to NHSTRA rules,
2: 24 is a full field. Actually, there is nothing in the race procedures anymore. Really? Because it all goes off track to track. What is it? So, well, so let's use it. Claremont. And Lee are a lot bigger than Manadnock and Hudson. Right. So Claremont here could probably start 40 light models, for example, and not have a problem with it. Whereas if you did 40 at Monadnock, that would be a whole different story. Dude, as 40 light models I'm, I'm using that as an yeah.
3: That'd be awesome. So there's nothing in the rule book that says what a full field is? No.
1: No, again, I think, it, again,
2: it got taken out as far as I say
1: working here as the announcer i know that claremont's full field is 24 right he will like again 26 pure stock shows up he's not sending yeah he's not sending two guys home yeah 30 cars show up yeah you're gonna send six guys home yeah it's just a matter it's
2: or run a concy
1: yeah it's just a matter which hey no 32 because you need eight for the concy it says right in the rule it does say uh, in his little race procedures there so but it all just depends like he said though because again You get 40 cars at Monadnock. It's a hell of a lot different than 40 cars at Lee.
3: Are there any other rules that are just track to track? Or is it just like, is the rule book just like interpretation at each track?
2: No, it's all the same. It's It's all all the, the
1: yeah, I'd say probably just the starting cars is all that's different. Cause again, payouts are the same at every racetrack, depending on car counts. That was my question, right? No, I think it's it's literally, I think the only rule really that has a gray area, I guess, from track to track in the rule book itself would just be the amount of cars you
3: could start Okay. listen man I've, I've said multiple times I think the NHSTRA is a, a a good thing as a fan right I'm not a driver but as a fan it makes sense right yeah you have the same rules means more cars should be able to go to that racetrack and race right and as a fan I love chasing big car counts you know so I think it's a, I think it's a good thing but I don't know so let's talk about the one last elephant in the room okay
1: you're racing a modified this year Yep. Yeah. So how does that all come to?
2: Um. So in the middle of November, uh, Louis Rivera sent me a message on Facebook, and he said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. Can you come over and stop at my shop sometime? And I got busy at work, and like a week went by, and then I was like, man, I got to get over there. He wanted to talk to me about something, and uh, I came over there, and he's like, hey, you want to drive my mod this year at Claremont? And I said, yeah, I've never drove a mod before, you know? So first practice was kind of interesting. I mean, you're talking eight inches of tire in the late model the 15 and the modified was a little bit different but i've kind of figured it out yeah we struggled a few races but i think we'll we've got it figured out for friday night
1: so again unfortunately this we're interviewing here it's wednesday night so this interview will air after you race on friday night yep what i guess my question what do you enjoy one more than the other Money. Or just no, a different set of really. challenges? Just different I, challenges I like, to each one?
2: I like the different challenges. I mean, the modified probably has, you're competing against more money, I guess. So yeah. As far as wallets that are deeper, they're deeper in the modified division. I mean, yeah. I'm not,
1: again, friend of the podcast who's currently sitting in C-Comp. Should be racing at this point. Roby's got four of them.
3: Yeah. Hey. Although it is not confirmed that he did not buy a fifth one. We still have not heard back from Brian Robey about that modified. There may be a fifth one. I knew it. I (laughs) knew I was right. (laughs) But
1: that is not the one he is driving on Labor Day weekend. I know. I thought that's what you had asked last week. Is that the one he's driving?
3: Oh, wait. The one that Dwight's driving.
1: The one that Dwight's driving is one that Brian had prior. It's the orange tour car.
3: So it's not his old. car. It's ten.
1: not his old car. His but old he, car needs some work. Is what I was owns told. That one, is what I was told today. His old car needs some work. It does I not knew confirm it. who owns it. It I was just it. told
3: that it needs some work. I knew it. I heard that that thing had made its way down to Pennsylvania to get worked on. I knew it. Oh, I, right. I don't think it's made its way yet to Pennsylvania.
1: I believe it's in the hands of somebody that could bring it to Pennsylvania, but oh. I don't believe it's gone to Pennsylvania
3: yet. Well, that's exciting. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I just right. again. Rumor has it. <laughs> yeah. All right, we digress. Anyways, are you, so you're you're stoked for Friday?
2: Yeah, I think we'll have a good run. Do you like the double features? Um,
1: I think they're <laughs> fun, but um, night like tonight where it's still 95 degrees as we're sitting here at 8:15. Jesus Christ! It should be a lot cooler Friday night. Yeah, I'm hoping it is. I think it's yeah.
2: supposed to be down in the 50s. Whew. thank God!
1: Boy, sweatshirt weather. That's gonna be awesome. Fall, baby. I know it's, it's my coming. 50s. Favorite weather. I know. I, I I much would if you could give me fall weather all year round, yeah. seventy degrees during the day and forty degrees at night. I'm all for it. Sold. Yeah, me too. Oktoberfest is probably the, a, a blast every year. Yeah.
2: I like Oktoberfest, and uh, you can ask Tyler Lascord. We have a lot of fun down there.
1: I've been down there with you boys. Yeah. I've been down there where I don't remember going down there. Yep, that's well, a good time. <laughs> I I may or may not have well, had a Friday night down like there that I, I don't
2: Claremont Central because. Usually it's, it's Tyler, has his camper, we have them both facing each other down there. Yeah. So we ended up, when I counted last year, we had at least over 100 people in our little spot down there. Three games of uh, beer pong going on. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Like two fires going on. Tyler had an
1: exceptionally nice <laughs> camper down there last year.
2: It's because it was yours.
1: <laughs> Yikes. had my truck, my trailer, and he hit it on down. Well, what um, a
2: nice guy you are. Yeah, we yeah.
1: made it down there Sunday. I spotted for the three laps we made it last year during that race.
2: That's, that's okay, your heat yeah. race winner It last was. Year's
1: it was. I wasn't there for the heat race, though. I got there for Sunday. Maybe that's a common denominator with winning, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the denominator. I think the overheating and the other issues he had because he was doing fine those first four or five laps, and he had some mechanical issues that forced us back towards.
3: You think he'll take the red car back down there?
1: It seems out well, they've both been rebodied at this point, so I think the, Re- red, the red car is the only one that's legal. legal. Yeah, that's the one that potentially might be here Friday night. Mm.
3: Hopefully, he gets that thing back out of here. We're starting to get, we're starting to get a healthy. A healthy <laughs> 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 Come on, man! I'm trying to finish the. <laughs> we're starting to get a healthier car count for the late model sport yeah they've had
2: 12 13 last week there or whatever it's you know. it's up and down i mean i haven't run it full time i'm not bringing it friday night it's too much for me to right. to try to run doubles with mods yeah. and do that yeah and they'll have plenty of cars anyways
3: hopefully knock on wood right knock on wood yeah so actually so we're gonna make the
1: trip down on labor day to run the enduro yep so you race direct during the enduro too though
2: I don't think they usually don't I was gonna ask say, me to come down for that, so you're—I you're, don't—I don't think you'll have to deal with me, oh, even though I will put in a good word that you're still going to start six laps down. Yeah, yes.
1: Ben, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ben's going to know exactly when I roll in the door, so it's not going to be a surprise. But uh, and then I think actually, because you guys had uh, the Hudson's Facebook page put up the Twin Forties is yep. like september 19th i think yep. it is yeah, they just fun, the fun it. fact
2: was that i actually posted that did you okay yeah.
1: yeah so i reposted it and of course tyler gets on there and is like hey the car should be ready so i think we're actually i'm gonna go down spot for him that day yep which i haven't been down to hudson six years seven years i haven't been down since ben's owned a it so
2: a lot of improvements that's right? what i've
1: heard that's all i've heard all the pictures i've seen the videos the aerial shots everything i've seen and that is not the same hudson speedway that i went to six years ago
2: so I, I first went there and and i've told ben you know i told him i said the place when i first went here would not be a place that i'd be interested in race directing it was just it was a dump like i just you know when when but when he first bought it he's put so much money into the place and it literally looks like a race facility now i mean the great there was big boulders in the pit area i mean it was literal, literally literally down there and this so, wasn't I don't know. It was outlaw. It, it was the outlaw. It was an outlaw track. Yeah. You know, they they did things their way.
1: So when I went down for the first ever time, like I said, that kid drove the backup car, his girlfriend's street car. We had a kid in some other division hit the end of the front stretch wall. Is it still railroad ties? Is it what railroad ties? Like the at the end of the front stretch wall there?
2: Uh, I don't think they're there anymore.
1: Okay, so there used to be railroad ties at the end of turn four. Dude hits it. I'm in the ambulance working for Speedway and I watched this dude's head just drop right into his lap. He is out cold. And I looked at the official, I'm like, bro, we're we gonna like are we gonna do something. Like he's out, and he's like, ah, that's so and so. Give him a minute. He'll pop back up. Like 30 seconds later, that kid jammed it right in reverse. They never threw the yellow. He backed up and just kept on going. I'm like, what in the world are we doing? <laughs> there was like it was Yikes. just I, I got home that night and I went to work the next day and I told my dad, I'm like, I am never going back to Hudson Speedway as long as I live to work for you because that place is scary. Like they're gonna get somebody killed was my first thought, which again it was it was the outlaw, it was kind of the rundown, whatever. And my dad said it perfectly. He's like, "You got to remember that when you're there for Speedway, we're not there to make it safer. We're just there to pick up the pieces when they're done wrecking." like, <laughs> Yikes <laughs> I don't know if I can do that <laughs> Yikes But again I have heard that nothing Like Ben has just He's paved the pit area He put the back stretch wall up He's got a new Updated m- grandstand Scoreboard Grandstand Everything that it I've really heard It really bums
3: me out That they came in second With that advanced auto parts Yeah uh, That whole NASCAR deal thing.
2: He's still got a nice $15,000 to upgrade I facility, know But which...
3: Who uh, It was a big track That won right It was uh, Berlin Raceway Yeah or something like I think that. so Come on man Berlin's like a big Anybody a could big have entered, though. Track. As far as I know, anybody could
1: have entered. Yeah,
3: I guess I'm just bitter. I guess I'm just a bitter guy.
1: I mean, it would have been cool to see Ben win. It would have been sick. But hey,
2: we all voted. You know? I was going to say, yeah. I
1: voted however many times a day you were allowed to vote. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying. I might have been on company time doing it, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, funny. The mayor will have to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's going to listen to this. <laughs> it is true.
2: You yeah. will not listen to that this. It's very true. We got a Zulow Fabrication. Oh, uh, hey, hold uh, Yeah, hold head. on.
0: Yes! Come, Come out, out of four side-by-side side 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 to, side to take the, take the checker, checker flag. And, and, oh, my God, God can, can you believe the move, move that, move that guy, guy just pulled? pulled what up. a bonehead! It's the Zulu Fabrication Bonehead, bonehead. bonehead
2: Move of the Week. Let her rip, Craig. Boom. All right, so 2018, my dad's memorial race. We'll start 22nd, get up to second place. Um, I go inside of Ben and Caution comes out immediately. So I'd taken over the lead, but they put me back to second. So anyways, we go back to go green again, and Benny runs me kind of high off the corner, ends up almost putting me into the wall. Well, Joey Jarvis threw the caution. He was the race director at the time they were going to put benny to the rear but me being a hothead at the time i was told over the radio i said what do you want me to do and i didn't know that they were sending benny to the rear and i was going to inherit the lead with 10 laps to go my dad's memorial race so what do i do i said what do you guys want me to do and they said oh we'll run into him so i ran into benny under caution sent myself right to the rear to join him 10 laps to go i was should have won my dad's memorial race. Oh it was literally my one of the, God, Craig! Something that I kick myself for every single day. But. That is a perfect Gosh. bonehead
3: move. That may be the best bonehead move I think. You we've never
2: had. tell an angry driver to hit oh, him, hit him to hit, him. hit someone. Yeah. God. funny because Benny and I actually talked about this a few months ago, and he vaguely remembered it, but boy, was he hot back then about it.
3: Oh, I bet he was. I bet he was. <laughs> I seen that boy hop out of a race car so quick one night down here it was nuts. Wow. That sucks. Yeah, that's brutal, dude. Yeah. I, yo, kudos to you for telling that story. I'm gonna too. so I'm gonna go on a soapbox about
1: that for a minute. Oh uh, yep. boy. I think that perfect example right there is why every single spotter for any division that has radio should have to listen to race control.
2: Well, well, so go
3: go deeper into that though.
2: The spotter for, or sorry, the person up there in the in the pit grandstands had just come down to tell them that they were sending Benny to the rear for running me high coming mm-hmm. to the green because I had to let off the gas. Yeah. Like no, was, I get you. He had literally put me. We were door. He door checked me coming yep. coming to the green, but. At the same time that the guy had taken his headset off and went to go tell him, I ran into Benny under caution. No, I
1: get you. So <laughs> here's so here's my thing. So when I when I did uh. when I spotted for Tyler there full time in nineteen whatever it was that yeah, I was like every week with him. Yeah, I bought a receiver for ninety bucks and a ten dollar cord, and I hooked it right into the headphone so I, it would come directly to me. So I didn't have to rely on. Let's pick on him for a second it was always Grigsy that was up there with us yep. and it would take Grigsy a minute to get to you versus I could hear it directly out of the horse's mouth that, hey, this is what's going on. So I could relay that message to try to prevent that because you're exactly right. It took probably what, 15 seconds for you to make that decision over the radio? 20 seconds, maybe. Yep. If that. If that versus I've got that receiver on. I hear it. They say, throw the yellow, put the double zero to the rear. 23 will now inherit the lead. I can relay that when you say, Hey, what do you want me to do? I would have said, calm down. This is what's going on. Cause you didn't have to wait for Griggsy to come over. You didn't have to wait for this one to come over. And I get it. We're talking about money, right? So that you came with that brand new Davis chassis works car with $75 in your pocket. I get it. The, to get a headset with a scanner port is X amount more dollars to get the scanner to put in there is X amount more dollars. I get it. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly understand it. But in your circumstance, what did your dad's race pay to win that night?
2: Uh, it might have been 13 or 15, but to be honest, with you, it didn't even matter about the money. No, and it I get you. such an emotional victory lane. Exactly. And I had drove up through the field that night. and I Yeah,
1: because you started at the rear. So
2: Hayden and I got together in the heat race, and it broke the trailing arm, and it took yes. everything that we got to make the feature that night. Um, to put the whole car together, I had... Probably more people than I can count that we're over On there your offering pit. parts, like offering wrenches, like, what do you guys need? and literally the jack dropped and I was getting in the car and I was headed out on the track. Yep. Like We just barely made it in time.
1: Yeah, in and in in like I said, I can't believe there that. was that.
2: just so much emotion to that night that, that that's would have capped it off, I guess, by if winning. I had won it. Yep. And I just, I kicked myself.
1: Yeah. No, and I get it. And like I said, I, I think that's why me personally, I think everybody that's a spotter should have to have a headset or at least put an earbud in with a scanner so that way you can hear so that way it's almost instant.
2: Supposed to be that way right now. Correct. I don't believe it is in most cases
1: it was so i could again i'm gonna throw benny under the bus here for a minute we were down in an ad, not free dad's race oh, earlier this boy. year. i we 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 didn't have a scanner i had no idea what was going on and it drove me absolutely nuts you forgot it
0: i or you just did saw so, frequency
1: so no i so i ended up getting done with um the headset and everything so i i told tyler i wasn't going to do it full time so he ended up buying my headset the, sc- the scanner he bought my whole like spotting setup so I didn't have one, so I just I went down, got Ben's stuff, and spotted. Yep. I think Ben's uncle, who spots for him now, relies on somebody relaying a message or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think everybody should be on a scanner so that way you can prevent that. And at that point, I guess there's no arguing. If I tell you, hey, you're so and so is ahead of you, that's what the race director's saying. It's not going to be that jockeying of sitting there dicking around for three or four laps either. So, yep. but that's my soapbox. I think every spotter.
3: Hey, I think there should be spotters in every division but pure stocks. But that's just me. Uh,
1: What's your thoughts? We're going long. I don't really care. This is great. What's your thought, race director? Street I would, stocks? I wouldn't
2: mind seeing the street stocks on radios. I, it, we were ten years ago. Um, I understand they're trying to make it a beginner V8 class, but half the guys don't use the one way, anyways. So you might as well just let them use radios. So,
1: and, agreed. And to be fair. It's really not that expensive to get a radio set up anymore.
2: Majority of those guys in the already have, have already had them. They or they've run with them before. They still have them. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's five hundred bucks to get a setup with a with a with a, with a oh, radio for the driver, all the in car harnesses, and et cetera. And one crew guy, yep. five hundred bucks. One one crew guy, and that's what yeah. I started out doing yeah. when, when I first because I, when I jumped from the U Sportsman to the Super Streets, we had to have radios. Yep. And that's what we did was ended up doing that. And I've added on over the years, bought a radio, yeah. another headset, et cetera. You yeah, know, absolutely.
3: Special. But like mini stocks? Don't think so?
2: Uh, I wouldn't go that low. No. Really? Um,
3: then you got the guys on the tour that
1: run them.
2: Yeah, the, the tour guys run them.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I guess me personally, I think,
2: I don't know. I I don't know. I would be open to the discussion, I guess. I'm trying to make it affordable, though, for the guy coming off the street. Yeah. Yeah, I, and so I, get I, I
1: guess my I only it. thing is, I, I guess I'd kind of side with Zach on this. So pure stocks, absolutely not. Make uh-huh. them run the one way. Make them listen to the one way. Make them figure out how make to drive it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. Make Six
1: shooters, same thing. That's an entry-level division. Make them run, run a one-way. Yeah. I think personally, just me, again, no affiliation with the racetrack on this. I think mini stocks, street stocks, everybody else should have them. Yeah. Mini stocks, I understand what you're saying, and make it affordable for the guy coming off the street. When we hear, and we've all heard it in the pit area, the ridiculous amount of money those guys are throwing at motors in the mini yeah. stock class, there's no reason why they can't drop 600 bucks and get a set of radios.
2: I personally believe that a street stock is cheaper than a than a mini stock is for what them guys got in the motors. I don't here doubt in like it. <laughs> I don't doubt it.
1: Yeah. So I mean, again, I and it'll probably never change. I don't think I don't foresee the street stocks getting radios unless a bunch of guys push for it and then they finally give in. I don't foresee the mini stocks getting them either. Would I love to see it? Absolutely. But again, I think the same thing. At that point, guys have to have a scanner on to be able to set lineup. Somebody has to be listening, whether it's the driver has the piece, so that way the scanner goes through his headset or the spotter. I don't care which way it goes, but somebody has to be listening to race control.
3: Yeah.
2: We usually know with the one-way receivers because I'll, I'll holler down to Hudson like off turn two. I'll say, hey, let's double up, you know, and you only see a handful of cars that actually yeah. ever move. Turns moved.
1: out we know exactly who's listening <laughs> on their one-way. Yep. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there. I think it's a great tool if it's used properly. But as you know, there's plenty of guys out there that either don't have them on or just don't listen. And that's the problem.
2: I've heard but people on vlog them just, mm-hmm. oh, they have them in there, but it's just for looks. And. But
3: however... If we're talking about spotters mm-hmm. and people blocking with spotters. It's pretty simple. Dude. Craig, do we, you th- we run peep mirrors, though. Do you, if, if people do you, are going to block, they're going to block.
1: I was going to say, do you honestly think, as a race director, do you think you could tell if I was having Tyler spot from, if I was telling Dr- Tyler, like, chop low, chop this, chop that? or
2: If Tyler didn't have a mirror. Then you and would know. Then, then I would know. Then I would say, okay, there might be some radio talk going on there.
1: Yep so i guess the other thing you could do which again you don't really want to do because some of those guys do use the peat mirror properly to clear themselves down to the bottom tell them you either get a radio or you get a peat mirror that way you can tell i've
2: honestly never run with a mirror
1: even the one across the top
2: i've never never had a mirror the only time i ever had one was when i i ran a granite state pro stock race there back in 2019 yeah and Jeremy had already had it in the car, so I ran with a mirror. But yep. I'd never had a mirror before that. Wild. I've always gone off the whoever's in my spotter. And, you know, it's been tough. I've lost radio communication a couple of times, and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Actually, the last mod race here, how do you want to start on the pole of a 16-car field and you've got no spotter and no mirror, no nothing? E- yeah, I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to do this by feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bump and
2: feel method, baby. Here we go. I, if, I, if, I, if they get me the left rear, they get up to the door, then the spot's theirs.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. disagree with you. Like I said, I think there's some definitely little nuances <laughs> that could change. and Yeah. Whether they fall on deaf ears or, if again, enough street stock guys come up and say that's what they want. Maybe they listen and do it. I don't know. Yeah. Because, again, you you get a, a weasel who goes down to Dylan for the New Year's bash. They have radios. It's just Weasel. It's just different. Yeah. But well hey, I appreciate you coming on. So we'll do this again in the wintertime. Yep. We'll well, come thank o- you guys. Come appreciate over to your it. shop
0: and we'll just shoot again. Yeah,
1: sounds good. Yeah, man. Sounds perfect, man. Thank perfect. you. Thank you.
0: We understand that buying or selling a home is a huge stress. At SK Services, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. If you're purchasing a new home or listing your current home on the market, we are here to help you. From testing services to full inspections, our services are custom tailored to meet your specific needs. SK Services has you covered from the roof to the road and everything in between. Contact Scott at SK Services today at 603 558 5140 or visit him on the web at skhomeinspections.com. Lescord
1: Motorsports Race Recap, Zach. Yeah, boy. We'll talk about the modified Quest for the Cup Twin 35s. Toddy Patnode sets a new track record for the crate mods by virtue of doing that. No handicap system for the first one. We start straight up off of where we qualified. And uh, 35 laps goes up, 35 laps comes down, and wouldn't you know that old Toddy Patnode wins. Yeah, he's easy money to bet. Yeah, methodical. Jeff Rollins finishes second, that first one, though. Great run again for him. He's really starting to figure this place out and I think really likes it. Yep. Kimball was your current point leader going in. Was. Was your current point leader going in. Yeah. He finishes third. Corey Palmer fourth. And then uh, George Heliwell finishes fifth. Let's uh, talk about our friend of the podcast in the first race. Andrew Martell yeah. has a rough one. No part of his own. Has a wreck in front of him and just catches the wheel on a nerf bar and broke a spindle. Spindle, yeah. Spindle. I thought it was a tie rod. I honestly thought tie rod the way that looked. I'm like, oh, that's just tie rod. So we'll just get changed out. He'll be out for the second feature. And saw him at the end of the night. And he's like, eh, no, that was a spindle. That was a whole
3: spindle. Yeah, his crew was working like dogs over there. And and one thing he did say while they were working is like, well. The solace in this whole thing is I got one of the best crews out there, which makes it even more frustrating when he doesn't do well because they work so damn hard on that car. Yeah. So I yeah. get it. But is it a, is a tough break, but it's kind of is what it is. So then
1: we come back for the nightcap. Yep. So for anybody that wasn't here, doesn't understand the rules of all this, everybody that was on the lead lap gets a full field invert. So there was 13 cars. So they inverted the top 12 because right. poor Andrew, again, had to miss – he went laps down in the first one. Yep. So he goes to the rear of the field. So Pat Note starts 12th yeah. in the second feature. Yeah. 12th in the second feature in 35 laps and drives up to the front. Yep. That one was a little bit of a caution filled second race. We
3: tore some up. Yeah,
1: we heard. tore some stuff up. Uh, Russ Hersey was in the Jerry Gamarlo own number 76. Gets way loose off a of turn two. Has Kimball go right up and knock the air cleaner clean off the car.
3: Yeah, I thought Kimball was out though. He drove right off.
1: Yeah, no, and then he came back, and then he went off, and then yeah. he came back, and then he went off, and then uh, just a racing deal in the front straightaway with Cole Littlewood and Corey Plummer <laughs> tangled up. Um,
3: had nowhere to, Poor Corey had nowhere, nowhere to, to
1: go, go uh, it, By the looks of it, it looked like Cole Littlewood was driving a tight race car, kind of just washed up the racetrack or came up, didn't know he was there. I don't know the full story, don't need right. to know. All I know is Corey pounded that front stretch wall hard in that they second feature. They were battling feature.
3: hard. Those three right there were battling hard. Yeah. Just kind of came up short, and it's, which sucks. He hit a ton, too. That was was unfortunate.
1: Yeah, me. it was a ton. And then, uh, so again, Pat Node comes up through the field from 12th all the way up through. Yep. Uh, Walt Hammond Jr. comes from, like, mid-pack, I'll call it. He kind of got stuck in some bad lines there, a few points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes home second. Andrew Martell from last to third, baby. boy, good yeah. vibes only. Yeah, got it done in the second feature, so it would have been interesting to see what he could have done in the first one had he not had that issue.
3: Yeah. Andrew, we're going to make a new T-shirt. It says, Andrew Martell, good vibes only. Yeah, yeah, we need something. We got to get him something. just need good vibes, Andrew. Good vibes, good things. So we'll talk about the next race. I know, let's
1: shock the world here. Six shooters. <laughs> Dustin Thibodeau wins. Yep. John Thibodeau finished his second. Yep. And Bronze Buck. Bronze Bucky. He was mad. Why? Why he, was Buck mad? He was mad. Why? So we have Mark, the new announcer. So he does the six shooters and he did the mini stocks. In the night. So yeah. Mark went down and I guess literally his first comment was, where's DJ?
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Where's DJ? That's funny.
1: He's like, ah, Mark's like, ah, I'm doing this division. He's like, oh, well, all right. Starts his interview, and he's like, well, you know, the guys on turn four have nicknamed me Bronze Buck, so I guess I might as well just stick with it. Bronze Buck missed the, missed the third place. Yeah, and that one went green to checkered. Very yes, quick, very quick, just bang, 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 we were done. Yeah. Uh, Buck,
3: and, then, Buck and Robert Shaw were battling hard for third. Yeah, they were. That was, a, that was a good battle. That was a cool battle to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, In-City Sugar Shack mini stocks. Yes, sir. The oh, Hurricane. Hurricane. Hayden Grenier. Does it again, although... What's, wait, hold on. So that is what is that? That's eleven feature wins in thirteen races I this year. So, yes. Okay. Yes. He had rattled off like ten in a row there, something like that. Nine, I think it was yep. nine in a row because he won one, finished second, then he right. went that. Braden Morey won last week, and then this past weekend he wins. Yep. Gordon Farnham, had a,
3: not out of nowhere, but like
1: not out of nowhere. Manatnock yeah, regular, Manat-noc Strong
3: Manatnock regular
1: yeah. comes up here, man. I think his problem was, I think. He's used to those, used to kind of battling through traffic and just methodically doing this. I think he just waited too long. I think that's all that came down to. He, it, it, and I'm not, that's not me knocking Hayden because yeah. I think Hayden's a good driver. Uh, Cody LeBlanc gave him a rave review racing with him a few weeks back. But he just, I think he waited too long to try to pounce on the opportunity. And he even said in victory lane, he goes, man, if I had two or three more laps, we would have made it interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was there. It's not like Hayden didn't cakewalk that way. No, one. no, he, he didn't. It. He and then, uh,
1: Braden Mori and Joe said I don't really want to call it Tangled, but said made a mistake and yeah. Braden Mori capitalized on it so Braden Mori comes home with a third place finish
3: Good for him, too. Again,
1: man No Ray King Jr., which is just, that just sucks. Yeah. I'm assuming the motor... Rocketman Speedworks, let's go! Yeah, I'm assuming they still have it so... Yeah, I think so. Then we went to the Route 103 Auto Late Model Sportsman. Benny Poland gets it done my guy. Uh, again. Yes, sir. Uh, no radical Ricky Bly in the house. No, that was
3: unfortunate. That yep. was, you know, I mean, it, I think.
1: He's looking for a belt. Yeah. Not a belt. He's looking for a ring. Ring. Right? Ring. He's looking for a ring. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really care about the points here. Yeah. Uh, not saying that Ryan Bell is completely out of the picture. It's tough, But it would be a tough hill to climb in order to come up with those amount of points. So,
3: With being how consistent Ben Benny is.
1: Benny is, yep. Yeah, so as long as Benny can consistently keep doing what he's doing, he uh, might pick up the first.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's my guy. Yeah, knock, yeah, on, knock on, on wood, on wood. Whoa, Benny.
1: Uh, Ryan Bell again gets the car back from Dale Shaw. Uh, got the primary car out there. Looked great. Yeah. I mean, Ben didn't walk away with that one either. Mm-hmm. Ben, Brian was right there, gave him everything he had, just yep. couldn't quite capitalize. Then Hayden Scott. Either. So we we we're gonna correct this. So we talked about it the other night. I thought this was his third trip to the racetrack this year because it said he had already made two starts. Right. He came on double feature night, so technically it's only the second trip to oh. the racetrack, but it was his third, third race. Uh, comes home third.
3: I I wish he would bring that thing out. More.
1: Yeah, he's. It, I think if I'm not saying they don't work on it. That's not what I'm trying to say. But if I think if he could get some consistency at one track and yeah. work on a setup for one track and figure it back out, yeah. I think he could be competitive. That race was marred by the uh, Corey Bly blown motor down the back straightaway and kind of
3: <sighs> leaking, dude. It seemed like it was still there too. There was so we were, we were turning we're, cars in the same spot, going into three. Coming, yeah. So four. let's 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 talk about that for a second. Okay. So part of that problem is, and
1: I'm not gonna fault any one particular driver, okay, because the whole class avoided it. But yep. it was in the lane right against the wall. Yeah when they asked those guys to scrub it in so that way we didn't have a, to have the whole Speedway crew out there scruffing in with brooms, nobody touched it. Oh, Nobody touched the Speedy Dry. So the Speedy Dry all got clumped up because they just blew it by so it never actually got ground into the ground it right. all kind of just flew down into the corner right. so I think they were, a bunch of them were hitting Speedy Dry because if you actually watched when guys were running side by side and they were coming in lower, nobody was almost spinning themselves right. out and then when we got strung out and everybody was trying to make that wide arc yeah yeah. yeah,
3: that's where we get we. So get
1: not trying to pick on any of those guys, because I'm not so certain that if I'm starting on the bottom, I want to go up there and put a ton of speedy dry on my tires either. Yeah,
3: I wouldn't want to do that. But, <laughs> but I get it.
1: I actually, uh, I'll, I'll say it right here on the podcast. Yeah, I don't really oh. care. But uh, I actually, I have Hayden Scott's frequencies in my radio that I listen to on Friday night. So I actually swapped over to his radio under yellow. And they were like, dude, there is too much on this racetrack. So I told Parks and they went back out and looked at it. And they're like, yeah, no, the oil spots look good. So just run it. Hmm. So, yeah, it was just a combination of a bunch of things. So, yep. too bad. Again, not a not a huge car count by any means. and No. Some,
3: what did they get down in Manhattan? They had, they had like 17.
1: 17. Yeah. yeah. And then they had some carnage during the heat race up here. The other yeah. night. It was yeah. just.
3: They were out there, man. It's just.
1: Yeah, we got to get them come back to the racetrack, which hopefully we can do over the next couple weeks and then into next year. But so we saved the best for last. Let's talk about it. LaValle, billing, supply, pure stocks.
3: J.D. Stockwell, baby!
1: Little J.D. Stockwell gets her done. Love it. It was an awesome race to watch from start to finish. Yes, sir. So there was some, you know, being in the announcer's booth, I have the window open, so I can kind of listen to the grumblings there and the cautions and everything. So let's pull it up. Four yellows. So for a division, that's probably average two. Yeah. We doubled doubled the yellows. Yeah, 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 it it was a little
3: rough. It was a little rough.
1: We had a rough go of it. And I mean, if we're going to talk about the rough go of it, let's talk about it. Okay. Dylan got, into, got into a melee. Yep. Mark McClay got into the melee. Yep.
3: <laughs> almost tore his door completely. <laughs> off almost the off
1: the car. <laughs> the nature boy, Nick Hool gets yeah. in the melee. Travis Sykes gets caught in the melee.
3: Yeah.
1: It was that one wreck that we're discussing was a melee. There was yeah. eight cars in it. I mean, again, we started 26 cars Friday night. Yeah. 26 cars. And eight of them got into that melee. And I honestly, if you had told me when that melee came out at lap 11, 10, whenever it was, that Dylan was going to come up and finish second, I would have called you a liar. I would have told you there was not enough time and too much traffic because I thought there was. But J.D., to give J.D. credit, he followed Seth Melcher around for the first 13 laps, 12, 13 laps. Yeah. Seth makes a mistake going into one. Yeah. Yeah. Motor has an issue. Yes. He made the mistake first, and yes, then the he motor did. laid yes, down. He did. Yes, he did. He, he went he in did. a little bit too high. Yeah. kind of washed up, and then I don't know if he had to burp the throttle or what happened. And then, and then there's just a
3: chain reaction yes. of whatever the motor. The motor laid down. They thought they had to. They thought they had to figure the, it out because he went on a heat races and smacked him.
1: He did. And then the first uh, again, again, the first twelve laps, he was smacking him. Yeah, washes up the racetrack just a hair going into turn one, and then that thing just fell flat
3: on its face. Yeah.
1: And then they come off a of turn two and he was in like, what, third, fourth, something like that? And then
3: that. he dropped like a rock. Yeah. And then it just it picked right back unfortunate, up. unfortunate, man, because I really thought, like, they were so excited when yeah. I talked to them. They're like, we figured it. We finally figured it out. And then they went out there and <sighs> you know, it happened again and he, he wasn't happy. And he,
1: yeah, he, he was can't doing a stroke him, of biz- you know. business prior to that. And it then, like I said, JD got out in front and never looked back. Never looked back. Again, we had that long, I call it a long green flag run, but I think we finished the race on a 13 lap, 14 lap green flag run. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Dylan made his way up from the back to finish second. And then probably the battle of the night, those last two or three laps, the pair of friends of Templeton and Richardson, Richardson yeah. beating on each other. Mr.
3: High, wide, and handsome. Got, got it done, nosed yes, him sir. at the line,
1: and finished third. So yep. that was great for him. It's a good run. Uh, also,
3: however. Yeah, go ahead. I, I made a promise that I would give this man a shout-out on the podcast. Started second to last in the future and made his way to eighth. Ninth, ninth. Sorry, ninth. <laughs> Justin Kuzno has finally figured out his car. We think, apparently, he's gone through four motors.
1: Yeah, he's gone through quite a bit of motors, in the,
3: and <laughs> and I will I will give him
1: credit that uh, I uh, quit after the second one. Yeah, he's he's had some rough luck this year, and he got flat out. Run over in a heat race. He did. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Either. Yeah, he wasn't he made ha- it well known. Yeah, he was, he not, was happy. not happy. There yeah. were some issues with that. He came up, made it right, and uh, I'll give him all the credit in the world. But yeah, yeah. he uh, he did a stroke of business Saturday night, Friday night, Friday night. Yeah, but it
3: uh, keeps going. But uh, there's your shout
1: out. <laughs> there's I your like, shout out. It's I not like. the last one you're going to get either. No, no, so. no. All right. So late model sportsman down at Monadnock Speedway past Saturday night. Justin Littlewood gets it done. Wins. Brian Courier who brought the car here Friday night. Goes down there, finishes second. By the way,
3: I know we're going to go back a little bit. Yeah. Ryan Curry and Uncle Jack. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't see what led up to it or why it happened, but that was...
1: I just saw the move in three. The move in three. Which was Curry just flat out just knocking him into a circle. Yeah. Spin cycle. And then Uncle Jack just... Hit him in the door. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Under yellow.
3: I got my, got my money's worth that night.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he went down, rebounded down there, finished second. You uh, even made a post. He thought he had the quickest car. I, don't, I didn't read the whole post, so that's on me, Ryan, so I apologize. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know if something happened, but he ends up coming home second. And then flying Ryan Bell goes down there and finishes third.
3: Flying Ryan, yep.
1: So good run for him. Okay, so mini stocks. I guess we could have gone with it. Uh, Gordon Farnham goes down there and wins. Louis Mayer finishes second. Uh, Kevin Clayton comes home third. Again, uh, looks like Farnham won by just a hair over a second, so yeah. kind of walked away with it a little bit. Yeah, they had the Pro Truck Series down there. Lucas Leon, Devin Deshainus, and Randy Bird are your top three in the Truck Series down at Mananock. Pure Stocks, the Nature Boy, Woo! Nick
3: Cool, yes, wins it. Yep, J. D. Stockwell yep. finishes second. Yeah, I saw they they went back and forth on Facebook, and everybody was like, "Man, if JD had the horsepower that Nick had, yeah, he would have got him. I, I mean, yeah, he would have killed him. Yeah, he would have killed him."
1: And then uh, Jason Laray comes home third down there for that one. But uh, I will say that uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Miss M's photography right now. Yeah, so she gave me some. I love it. So <laughs> I like this story already. Yeah. So I get I'm an announcer. Probably shouldn't be biased as to who wins, who gets trophies, everything else, but. Everybody in the pit area probably had a soft spot for JD coming yeah. home the winter Friday night. Yeah, I don't know of anybody probably in the field last Friday night that was going to be upset for losing to JD Stockwell. Yeah. They've tried. They've had some bad luck. He's a 14-year-old kid, easy to pull for. He comes down to get the checker, and I beat on his hood, and I, like, pointed at him, and I, like, shook the window net, and he's, like, just ecstatic in there. So Miss M comes over the photo and she goes, You weren't even this happy about your buddy Dylan's win. I'm like, I wasn't.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, even Dylan was psyched. So Sean has the video. I, I saw know.
1: Dylan on Saturday mm-hmm. and Dylan said he was more excited for J D to get a win than he was for his own win.
3: That was it was awesome, dude. It was. It, it was, was, awesome. was just the a pull on, together
1: like The yeah.
3: smile on that kid's face in the pits when he came in. It was like everybody from every pit came over. They were congratulating him. He was you it know, was at huge. one point. I'm pretty sure Doug lifted him up onto his shoulders. <laughs> it was wild. It was it was cool. It was it, fun to watch. It's easy to
1: pull for. So yeah, and then we'll talk about the last race of the night down in Manana. Yeah, Battle of the Belt Street yeah. Stock finale, the yeah. championship race. Play Justin Beecher and David Greenslit went into that
3: tied. Yes, they did on Saturday night.
1: Yep. Yeah. Tommy O'Sullivan comes home in the winner, which Tommy has been not dominant down there, but when he's on it, he's Very on consistent. it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Justin Beecher comes home second.
3: So it sealed it right there. Cleaned it up. Yep.
1: Just needed to beat Greenslip by one spot. One that's spot. all he needed. Yep. And uh, Greenslit came home third. Uh, for Claremont regulars, we had Cody Schoolcraft finished fifth. Hagar in 11th. Kenny Thompson finished 12th. Scott Wade looks like they had some struggles. They were 16 laps down. So he ended up 20th, and that looks like that was pretty much it for the Claremont cars. So that was yep. that's too bad, but... Good night of racing down there, from what I understand. Again, I heard the street stock race was actually pretty good. So, then we'll move out to Hudson yesterday. They had some rain. Yeah, they did. Like some torrential downpour rain. rain. So, race director Craig Smith (laughs) decides no heat races, no more practice. We're just going to straight to features. Late model sportsman, very light on the car count out there. They had seven. Jason Ryan wins it. Mark Hudson finishes second. And Dan Sweeney comes home third. Then for the mini stocks out there, again, light car count, so I don't know if the rain kind of scared everybody off this past Sunday, but Ricky Facette wins it. John Fultz finishes second, and Bob Williams comes home third. Modifieds, George Heliwell gets it done down there. George A. Heliwell's probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's a riot, just yeah. doesn't care. Rollins comes home second, and Leary in the number two finishes third. And if this is correct, track owner Ben Buzowski finished sixth. He
3: f- actually brought that mod up?
1: he's well, no. I think it's a new one because the one he had before, I believe, was a pass type mod. Right. So he had an NHS TRA mod there sick. Sunday. Yeah, and finished 6 So
3: what? he's got to put somebody in that full time, right? I mean, I like, mean, he can. He can be sick.
1: Guy owns it. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we move to the pier stocks down there. Yeah. Cody Sabins wins. Donnie McCaffrey finishes second. And Dougie Nelson, Claremont regular, finishes third. Kyle Templeton, Claremont regular, finishes fourth. And that looks like it. So basically, Dougie, Kyle, and Cody, three out of the top four were all Claremont cars, so that's pretty cool. Yep. And then six shooters, they had a big payout six-shooter race down there. I think it was this past weekend. Travis Hollins wins it. Michael Eaton finishes second. And then Orion Nelson rounds out the top three down there. So then coming up this weekend, so again, you won't be there Friday night because nope. of your prior obligations to coaching, but... Yes, sir. Mini stock battle the belt here Friday night. Uh, I believe, again, I think it's like late models.
3: Is the, is the rumor true that minis are running both Friday and Sunday now?
1: No, they were supposed to, and he canceled the Sunday show because of the lack of tires. Okay. Yep. Right. So, they were supposed to be there, um, and then, unfortunately, with this whole Hoosier tire situation going on, they, can't, they don't have enough tires. So, that was supposed to be that, like big ass event the, yeah. like whatever 60 there and there were supposed to be cars from down south and yeah. out west and all kinds of other stuff coming up so it's too bad because i think it's i hope they get enough tires by october because i think that'd be a good show for everybody to come up and see but so yeah so friday night NHSDRA, dra battle of the belt for the mini stocks late model sportsmen street stocks six suitors and pure stocks so every weekly division will be here in attendance and then Sunday. Sunday, big trouble. Boys. MRS Series 75 Lapper, presented by Key Chevrolet Buick GMC of Newport.
3: Hey, somebody, if you're listening to this, please go on the Facebook page and tag Woody Pitcat in this. I I
1: put a post out earlier today. Okay, good. <laughs> I asked if Woody was going to co- come collect the Twisted teas from Fireside yeah, Beverage, yeah. so I, I even go I on. I got him. I even got one of our sponsors tagged in that post, too. I appreciate it. Yeah.
3: Woody, I got all the Twisted T's you could possibly want. Bring that bring that car up here, baby.
1: I mean, I got some, like, ciders or something were supposed to come today if they were in stock. I still have them.
3: I still have them. I got to get them over here. I'm a busy guy.
1: So then uh, the other one, big one, Richard Tatro's 73-lap memorial race for the Street Stocks next Sunday. Yeah, I'm psyched. And they're going to do it. Yeah. I asked Parksy flat out. I'm like, are they doing it? He's like, yep, yeah, we're doing it. I love it. Yeah, I think Perfect. that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, Nelcar Legends, six shooters and pure stocks will also be here on uh, next Sunday. So that'll be good. And what then,
3: times, uh, what times green flag drop? Oh, like five that? o'clock PM.
1: Yeah. Dude, they're not running at 5am on a Sunday.
3: <sighs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. That's, that was, that, was a, said, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a dumb question. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be earlier in the day. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not.
1: Cause everybody's got Monday off. Most people have Most Monday people off. Have Monday Most off. people have Monday off. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a 5 o'clock start on Sunday afternoon, $30 to get in. Cool little fun fact for you. If you come in Friday night into the grandstands, keep your general admission ticket because you get $5 off to show up on Sunday. Hey, that's called value, baby. Yeah. And then before – and then again, so then Monday, I will be at Hudson for okay. – Yeah, No, I get, you, get I get there. That wasn't yeah. a shot. Yeah. I know I, I take a lot yeah. of cheap shots at you, so I – Yeah, no, I'll that wasn't a shot. There. Uh, I'll be down. I believe Tyler's going to come down with us. Yep. Me, the wife, the boys. We're going to head down see old Ben Bazowski down at the Hudson Speedway. So I'm yep. I'm pretty psyched. That's should be a good time. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, be a lot of cars. If right. I can drive it on the trailer at the end of the night, it's going to be a good show.
3: What time does that start?
1: One o'clock. Okay, that's good, one that's, see, that's that's why we're going. That's the other reason why we're going down. So again so we just kind of talked about it before we came on air we're gonna leave at eight because it's about a two two and a half hour ride pits open up at 10 so i want to be there to get parked and just you know even if we just hang out for two hours i'd rather just hang out be parked and ready Mm -hmm. and then racing starts at one well it's just all it's just enduro day so i'm gonna imagine at worst case scenario we're gonna be done by four so we should be home by seven so i mean yeah, it's not bad. It's not terrible. I mean, it's going to be a busy weekend for me just because we're going to be here Friday. We're going to be here Sunday. Then we're going to go racing on Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a hectic situation. But,
3: yeah, but Monday will be fun for you. It's not like.
1: Right. It, well, to be fair, I announce I get this. Literally, I get paid to watch. Yeah. So it's, yeah. really, it's really not that bad. Fair. And one last shout out before we sign off here. I also have to shout out Justin Kuzno. Yeah. For the car. Bro. And Madison Kuzno. Yeah. Yeah. So we came up here uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, Brian Martin and the crew, the crew were very gracious to let my son Ryan, who at four and a half tried out, did not like it, not a big fan of the claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So as we're all kind of sitting there joking in the pit area afterwards, Brian's trying to put together an over-18 division for the carts on Sunday afternoons, get some Shit. of the dads together and just do it. Yeah. So he's got like three or four guys. So I'm like, well, if you come up with an extra cart, let me know. I'll run it. Yeah, You know, I get it. What I used to do was turn left and right, which will be a little bit of a difference. But I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll get in there. Justin looks over at me and goes, you and I are about the same size. I'm like, yep. He goes, I can fit my daughter's cart. Go get in there and riff a couple laps just to make sure you're still not afraid of it. Okay. So I went down. uh, He lent me his helmet, put the helmet on, crawl into the cart. Of course, nobody's got a fire suit that fits. Nobody's got this that fits. Yeah. It's a little bit of a messed up feeling going out there, turning some laps at full song with no fire suit, no gloves. Like it's a little bit leery, and of course uh, I'll throw myself under the bus here, Madison. I guess asked her dad Justin of why he's lifting in the corners. (laughs) 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 You you can hold those things flat footed all the way.
3: Fired, Madison, I love it. So
1: she shot a couple arrows up over my head, and you know says, "Why is he lifting?" and you know, I think Justin was nice enough to say he's just trying to get used to it, but uh, <laughs> I'll air the truth out here again. Uh, you're you're part of the group chat. Yeah, I I don't know if I could have looked that poor twelve year old girl in the face, oh dude, if I had done something stupid. Uh, yeah, I get it. I so, get it. I mean, if it's Justin's at twenty something, thirty something, and I reckon I look at him and go, okay, bro, yeah, what do we got to do yeah, to fix what it? We do? But if I had destroyed that thing and had to look her in the eye, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I could not do it. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna talk about it, and Brian said that if there's at least like four or five carts, we may do it on September 12th on that afternoon. Hell yeah! Yeah. And so Justin told me I could take his daughter's out, so I get I might get to actually race Madison's cart. That'd be sick. So I mean, we should know early enough, so I'll let you know. And uh,
3: that's dope. That's cool. And shout out to Justin for doing that, man. That's yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's a wicked good yeah, dude. He's a good dude. Maybe a bit of a bonehead every now and again behind the wheel, but yeah, well, we've all been
1: there. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. Good dude, though. I was going to say, great great guy, uh, great family. Like I said, they'd already had the cart loaded up.
3: Loaded. Oh, so they even unloaded Loaded it up, too.
1: strapped down, ready to roll, and we walk over and his girlfriend, Sam, is sitting there and uh, he goes, unload the thing. She's like, what? He's oh, like, DJ's going to turn a couple laps. She kind of rolls her eyes, chuckles, and we went to commence and yeah. unloading it. And good. Yeah, we had a good time. I mean, it's – it's um, those things go quicker than you think they do around that racetrack. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't have to,
2: you
3: don't have to convince me, man. But
1: that might be, you know, like I told you before, I may or may not have been looking them up on the Facebook marketplace today. Yeah. One will be in your dooryard by Friday. I'm Potentially, sure. uh, probably not Friday. Maybe next Friday, but not this Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> forgive me. Yes. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's what we do. Maybe on a Sunday afternoon after racing's all done, we can squeeze your ass in a cart k- and just get you to go turn a couple laps. But by yourself, find by to see, yourself. I see
3: big enough, and I'll do it.
1: Yeah, by yourself, that's man. Fine with me. Yeah, we'll be all right. Those just be no different than Pioneer Valley. I like, I like go-karts. Yeah,
3: I suck at them, but I
1: like. so that's a, and again, not to pick on you. Yeah, two ten. Sure. We'll go with two ten. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Yeah. He, he thinks I'm skinny. Yeah. <laughs> you just made my day. Yeah. It it's and I and I hate to say it it's a skinny man's game. Yeah, it is. It's we'll wait, it's, we'll wait, it's not like the car racing where you can get away with a bigger driver on the left side. Yeah. It's truly I mean, I looked up the rules last night when I got home, those champ carts that I would be sort of kind of running with, they're four fifty with the driver included. Mm. That's light. I mean, that's.
3: Wow. Yeah. Because I'd
1: have to imagine that those chassis weigh 225 with the motor. Something like 250 that. 250 with the motor, everything. So, I mean, you realistically, you get a guy that's over 200 pounds, and you're already at a disadvantage no matter yeah. what. So, yeah, it's a skinny man game of the 155 pounders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it that's is. more proud to you, man. Yeah, it is what it is. But You
3: didn't make the rules. You just.
1: Just got to play by them. got to play by Yeah, man. exactly. I get it. Well, hey, we hope to uh, see everybody out at the racetrack this week.
3: Yeah, bring your kids.
0: We'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. Have a question, comment, or query? We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us today at our Facebook page, Turn 4 Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you at the racetrack.